Autism now affects 1 in 88 children, in which 1 in 54 are boys, and the prevalence figures are growing daily. Autism is the fastest growing serious developmental condition in the United States that costs a family $60,000 a year on average, while the cause receives less than 5% of the research funding of many less prevalent childhood diseases. As to date, there is no medical detection or cure for autism. Help us at the Jayzo Modcast Network change that as April is National Autism Awareness Month. We ask all of you to join us this month in honoring the boys and girls who live with this condition each and every day of their lives in donating to a charity centered around researching and possibly finding a cure. Any amount is welcomed because chances are you personally know someone directly affected with autism. Let's come together and make a change. Did you know that this podcast is a part of the Jayzo Modcast Podcast Network? Chances are, if you enjoy this show, you'll find other great podcasts on the network, too. The Jayzo Modcast Network offers you a choice of shows seven days a week, starting with Monday. Join Rebecca C. Lofgren, Aaron Illick, and David K. Montoya in Seeing Red. The trio dive deep down the rabbit hole each week with a combination of geek and weird news. Then on Tuesdays, join the boys from the Great White North, Mike Lutz, Rob Bellamy, and Jason Beckard in the movie Madhouse as they bring you everything Hollywood and more. On Wednesdays, Reaper Rick's Tree Frog Expose Cafe, where he crosses the line of limits as he gives us news that is unforgettable and personal views that you'll definitely remember as well. Spend Thursdays with Jim Bennett and Nick McKelvey as they join forces in American Fat Ass Podcast to talk about various topics from news, sports, to their personal lives, all the while with a humorous slant in an unapologetic fashion. Fridays, Rob Bellamy is joined with Mike Lutz as they jump in the Wayback Machine to explore the archives of the JZO Modcast to give you three hours of audio entertainment in Flashback Fridays. Saturdays, join JZO Modcast founder David K. Montoya as he explores the world for a single of Who's the Boss? Then Sundays, finish the week with What We Think with hosts S. Sadie Burbank and David K. Montoya as they tell us exactly what they think about pop culture, celebrities, and the world at large with a ton of vulgarity mixed in for good measure. The JZO Modcast Podcast Network. We've got what you want seven days a week for free. Listen to us on iTunes and Stitcher, or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And don't forget to check us out at jazelmon.com slash jazelmodcast. And now, enjoy this free jazelmodcast show. Welcome to another episode of Flashback Fridays. Oh, you did it. I, I thought you were going to do the other one. I almost did, actually. <laughs> in my head. 
<laughs> so close. So close. Uh, anyway, I'm Rob. I'm Mike. And we're here to help the... Expose you to more of a history at the Jayzo Mod Podcast Network. Yes, expose. <laughs> I use that word on purpose. I know. <laughs> he, he, he. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> we had to get that in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, how are you feeling, buddy? Uh, rough. This is my first podcast since my surgery. Oh, yes. yeah. Haven't even done the movie Madhouse. No. Well, <laughs> I, said, I, I think we did the smart thing and we put those four episodes in the can. Didn't that work out nicely? Yes, it did. I know it's like a jump the shark kind of thing to do. Well, I said in your, your delicate state, I figured this would probably be uh, the best way to go give you a couple... Give you some time to heal up. Oh, yeah. Me and Frank and Nutt are just laying here on the couch. Oh, wow. I said, you get to catch up on your movies and your TVs and your... And Game your, of Thrones. Your story. Oh, Game of Thrones. Yes. There you go. What's, oh, crap. We're not on Movie Madhouse. That's a TV show. That's right. And it's the first season, so that's technically a flashback. Oh, it is, too. That's There we go. See, Dave, we're in yep. topic. Yes, yes. Well, what we're going to do on this episode is do uh, first episodes. Oh, okay. All three of our episodes today are number one. Since this is our second episode, that makes perfect sense to go with. Doesn't it? Yeah. It makes sense for us. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Go with that. So the first one that we're looking at is What We Think. Okay. Okay. And that's got Dave and... uh, Sadie Burbank? Yes. I was just trying to read the name, but it's all squiggly. Squiggly. I have not listened to this show. No? No. Uh, It's one of the few. I haven't. Okay, I, th- I think I've listened to a couple of them. Yeah? Yeah, like some of the uh, more recent ones. Well, But I haven't, I haven't dived back into the pool yet. No, no, I've been staying kind of recent. Yep. Uh, this one says, Sadie and Dave returns. How can they return? This is the first episode. Uh, they probably did something else. Oh, maybe they did something else. Yes. And now they're doing this. Yeah. That could. That's weird logic. It is kind of circular logic, but it is. They, they, it's they are returning. Okay, see if I'd finish reading this sentence. Uh, <laughs> Get let's, all the facts. Let's hear it for incomplete facts. That's right. Sadie and Dave return to bring you a new show of what they think. Oh, see, the uh, old show was something else, and this is a new show. Okay, see, told you. Yes, this week with special guest Alan Russo Jr. They tackle the subject of what's wrong with celebrities and what's up with their entitlement issues. I sometimes feel entitled. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well. You know how hard it is to get someone to come in here and bathe me? I can understand that. No, they should be begging. Like, Rob, pick me. Mm, no. Yeah? No. No? No. Damn it. Sorry, buddy. Ah, well. Well, see, for one thing, you're not a multi-billionaire. That could be it. That, yeah, you're just, just, a, just a schlub on the street. Yeah, I offer them a trading card, and they say no. Well, you see, you pass up a deal like that. Yeah, it's not even about me. It's okay, <laughs> before we can totally turn everybody off. Yes, okay, let's see what we think here and listen to what we think, number one. All right, we'll see you after the show. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And we're here, episode number one, and we have a special guest co-host yes we do my good friend all the way from the state of arkansas hot damn <laughs> mr l allen russo jr what's up we would clap but it would sound funny <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
<clears throat> that actually came out really nice. That did come Be- out good. Before we get into the, the segment. Let's not break our arms patting ourselves on the back. Yeah. Yet. We're not done. <laughs> <laughs> we still got, uh, what, 59 minutes to go. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot can happen in 59 minutes. Why so not? for episode number one, we're expecting everybody to, that was listening to our 20-week run in one in Burbank. So welcome back. It's June. Well, by the time they hear this, it's going to be it's June. It's going to be June. Jesus. Six more months till Christmas. That's disgusting. That is. Oh, sorry I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, with this new episode, or not new episode, but this new series, it's we're going to try to be more on track, I guess, is the best way we can... Organize. Yes, yes. Yes. Though it's, Less wandering... More specifics. Which is going to be difficult, I think. It's going to be very difficult. It's going to be a real challenge for me, the philosopher of the group. So what we're going to do right now, because, and Sadie and I were just talking about this before I hit record, is we're going to introduce, every week we're going to introduce a new segment to the show until we hit all segments that we want to introduce. But instead of just throwing it all out on the table, we're just going to work into it slowly. And so... Which is not necessarily because we know what we're doing. (laughs) Speaking of knowing what we're doing. Yeah. uh, What did you think of our new intro song? Wait a minute now. When did I hear it? Last week when I emailed it to you. Did I hear it last week? So you know when you're old, shit goes in one ear and I right out the other. Remind me, what was it? Um, I took bass, strings, and I timed them to make kind of a doom, 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 doom sound in the background. And then it's us talking. And it starts out with, it's not what we know because we don't know shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I wasn't, I wasn't really paying attention to the music mm-hmm. part. I was listening to the words. So, I don't know. What did, what was the question again? What did I think about it? Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? What? I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I don't remember paying attention to the music. I probably was focusing more on what you were saying. Because I tried to take you know. clips from different shows of Winnie Burbank. And put it together and just kind of make it funny, make it silly. And I remembered that I liked it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, you, you, you got to remember. I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, okay? So stuff like that, if, if I'm not, if I don't have to focus on it and, and lock it in. Right. It's off in the ionosphere somewhere. It's just me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay because I should have said, "Gee, I loved it. It was fucking great." <laughs> but so we're, we're probably remember. we're probably going to be guaranteed probably more profanity. Oh know. yeah, for sure. Grandma's potty mouth is going to be getting a lot of exercise. So not that I've been restraining myself at all. I haven't truly. I don't have an ounce of restraint in me anymore. Well, I think it's just because our conversations are going to be taking a new direction. Yeah. We're, we're going to do our best not try to be serious. Um, right. and, and what we're going to talk about is going to be... It's going to be fun. Funny. And, I hope. <laughs> and, we'll uh, see. If, if 
Well, see, we're, that's why he's here. Is that, <laughs> if he laughs, we're good, right? Yes, exactly. All right, all right, all right, all right. Yes, all right. So be, that. before we even get started... A one studio thing. audience, almost. Ooh. Ooh. Can we pay people to come? <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, before we get started, I just want to throw out... Next episode, episode number two, we're going to start the mailbag. And mailbag is pretty much... We're going to pick three emails, maybe four emails. People that are going to send us, we're going to answer them. Oh, good. I like that. We started it at the end of Winnie Burbank. Remember? Yes. We talked about it. Yes. Well, that episode is airing right now as we're recording. Mm-hmm. So that's why there, people are just now hearing this. Mm-hmm. And to keep it going, and this is going to be a, a reminder every episode, go and write us what what. Whatever you want to ask us, just write us, and it is what we think at jayzomon.com, J-A-Y-Z-O-M-O-N.com, and if you tickle our fancy, we're going to read it. Oh, if you tickle my fancy, God knows what'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> my so, fancy doesn't get tickled very much anymore. <laughs> uh, sorry, it just doesn't. Anyway... Uh, it's, here's the here's the thing. What are we gonna do? Make them up? I mean, if somebody doesn't send us an email, we're gonna be in desperate straits here, people. You really have to send us some emails. Yes. You don't have to ask questions. Comments are acceptable. Absolutely. You can be we anonymous. Yes, you can be anonymous. I thought she said ominous for a minute. <laughs> but yeah, you can be anonymous. And it doesn't have to be questions. It can be comments, good or bad, indifferent. We don't care. But just. In case it doesn't happen, we don't get the emails. I guess it, it kind of helps the fact that we have two, well, if you count Russo, three writers. Well, so, we can make them up. So. No, we wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, never. Okay, we're back. Here we are. Um, oh, obviously, you guys aren't going to hear this, and uh, but the kid was crying, so we, we stopped for a second, and now we're back. Um we, we did a playback, and it was sounding kind of shitty. It sounded weird. I, I got a little too excited. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm okay. You understand how it is here in California, folks. We're easy, <laughs> you're easily excited here. It's just the way we are. Well, it, it's like with... We don't get out much. No, especially me. Um, well, it's with Russo, because Russo's been here for a few Russo's days. Russo's exciting here. And uh, that, <laughs> that just sounded wrong. That is that does sound wrong on many levels. Yeah. But uh, but Russo, this is his third podcast, you know, since he's been here. And he's very good at it, by the way. I've noticed his <laughs> comments are just spot fucking. Up. Yes, yeah. he is. He's yeah. Um, when you listen to <laughs> Who's the Boss, he, he actually he did a really good job. But it, it's like. And I was talking to you last week, you know, saying, okay, we're going to record. Even though legalities aren't finished yet, you know, as far as yeah, getting right. this new show into right. iTunes and Stitcher, right. which it, it will happen. Yeah. I know it will happen. It but will. It, it's it's like a crack addict, man. I just had to get my fix. I, I had to get in front of that microphone. It's like... I, I, <laughs> give me that remote. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... And I think I that's... Know, well, when last week when you said, do you want to go ahead and do it? On Monday, remember, because we were going right. to skip Monday because I forget why. And I had to work. Yeah, that was it. And then you said you want to do one anyway, and I, I said you're just horny for a podcast. <laughs> yes. That's how. 
and you, you don't you, you do get that way I get that way it's like I don't know it just it feels right to do these and it, it's funny because even though this is episode number one we've been doing this for 21 weeks now and it, it just that transition you know because at first and if you go back listen and let me just throw that out if any of you have been listening since episode number one of God bless your little cotton socks if you yeah. have uh, because I went back and I listened to it, and I was just stuttering, and, and it's like, w- w- welcome to Winnem Ball Bank. I'm David Montoya, and, and this is my co-host, Sandy Burbank. You know, and people actually listened to that, but it was really rough. Well, they wouldn't have listened if it really sounded <laughs> like that. It, it may have been a little, I don't know, because I never listened to them. I'm like. Uh, this is gonna be a great segue. You're gonna love this. Are you okay, ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm like a movie star <laughs> <laughs> that won't watch her own movies. Oh yes. Okay, because I don't want to see myself on the big screen or whatever the hell. So are you and saying I that you have entitlement movie. issues? <laughs> One might say that I have had in the past in my youth. I've had possibly. That was a very good segue. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, one of the things that we're going to talk mostly, and we're, by God, we're going to try to stay on track. Yes, we are. Is, I I came to her tonight, in fact, and I, I just, I was reading through uh, Yahoo News and, and TMZ, and I'm reading all this shit, and I'm like, what in the hell is wrong with these people? Why do they think, because they have a bigger bank account than most people, that they can do what they do. Best case scenario, Lindsay Lohan. She the the crack whore from Hollywood. She's okay now. She violated parole again. Again. Yes, yes. Bless her little heart. It's like she's somewhere way, way, way down on the learning curve. You know, she just isn't getting there. Right. You know, and it doesn't seem to matter how many times it happens to her. She just doesn't get it. And you know the, the thing. And I think it's because she doesn't think she has to get it. And that's sad. Yeah, because well, she's entitled. Because they. Because she's who she is. <coughs> no, no. And you know what? <laughs> you know how I always say in a hundred years nobody's ever going to know or care. Right. Well, it's not even going to take her a hundred years. I mean, I don't even know or care now. Right. <laughs> but, but I mean, in twenty years. Yeah. I don't think she's going to have the same stickability, if you want, to her name in her circles. Well, she's only 20-something years old, and she looks cracked the fuck out already. Well, she is. I mean, you know, what do you expect? Um, and doing all that coke and drinking and... Which we assume she does. We don't know firsthand. Only if you watch it on, you know. We don't, we've never... I personally have never seen her snort a thing. No. Okay. No. So just just put just put that out there. But I still We're just think going she's on what we hear. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a presumably assuming that she's a crack whore. Okay. <laughs> yes. She has the appearance of a crack whore, a user of, a snorter of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's no dust on her upper lip, but boy, she doesn't look well. No. No. And the sad and part she is, misbehaves a lot. Which may or may not be due to drug abuse. It, <laughs> okay. Maybe she started out this way. Maybe she was always this way. 
You know, as a little kid. Yeah. Remember? Well, okay. Weren't, weren't her parents in the biz, or do you know? Do you know? Isn't her family sort of connected? The Lohans aren't the, aren't they somewhere in Hollywood? I, I believe so. I believe her dad was like a producer or something, something like, like that. Something like that. But you know, uh, even even if that were not the case, children. A lot of children today, youngsters. What do I want to say? Kids. You can go with kids. Um, are uh, less than uh, uh, concerned about anything other than themselves. More so, it seems, than kids were when I was a kid. Right. Or possibly when you were a kid, or possibly when you were a kid, because there's <laughs> some generation gaps here, major ones. Okay. I don't think kids. Um, I don't think they think outside of themselves a lot. Now, I think it's, to say I actually, audience. honestly, think that's parenting. I don't. Think I do that, too. I agree with you. You know, because I think what it is is the parents don't discipline their kids like they used to. They don't teach them to think outside of themselves. Right, and then plus you've got video games, you've got movies, exactly things we, you know, we didn't even have as kids. Exactly. You know, I mean, we had an Atari Twenty Six Hundred. That was the first video game system I ever had. Hey, mine was Pong. What can I do? <laughs> right. Well, that was the game that and came I was with an it. adult then. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, you know, so now you know, kids are more indoors with themselves instead of out with other kids. Exactly. Playing sports, Ooh, doing good whatever, point. being being concerned. Right. And this is not to say that all kids are. Right. Because there are a lot of youngsters who are very involved in um, supporting green movements and. Uh, caring for other uh, children of their peer group that right. might be disadvantaged in one way or another. There are a lot of kids out there doing a lot of good stuff. So let's just bring this back around. And so it's you. It would be kid Hollywood kids, kids that grew up in Hollywood. Um, that may be a, a contributing factor. Right uh, now, there's lots of young Hollywood starlets <laughs> or whatever. Right. I, it's it's. To me, it's weird. Like in beauty shop, I pick up the the uh, ET magazine or any right. people or anything, and I start reading about uh, Hollywood people. You know, and I'm going, oh, these people. I don't know these people. <laughs> haven't heard their names. Haven't seen them in a movie. Don't know anything about them. And they're getting their pictures taken. And well, see, and, and the interesting thing is, is you you don't have. How do I explain this? You don't have to be a, a rock star or a movie star to become famous nowadays. That is all too true. Look at the K's. Yes. I mean, there they are. And what are they besides Bruce Jenner's offspring? And, well, you know, I mean, come on. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Um, You're one of your favorites. Oh, movies. yeah. <laughs> yes. We, we love her. Um, she, she became popular because she made a fuck tape. That oh, was, is that what did it? That was what well, did it. That would do it for almost anybody. Look yeah. at, what's his name? You know, mm-hmm. big, big... Ron John, Jeremy? Big John, or whatever his name was. Oh, I don't know. Too many years ago. Liam Neeson. No. <laughs> Possibly, but although we can't really say for sure. <laughs> no, uh, there was a there was a guy that did fuck films a long time ago, and I think his name was Big John, for what should have probably been obvious reasons. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, anyway. but you you can literally, um, you can become famous for nothing. For nothing. I know. I, well, look at the 15 minute 
fame thing. And the, what do you call those uh, shows they're doing now? Reality shows. Reality shows. shows. Look, yeah. look at Teen Mom. I mean, they became famous for getting pregnant at 16. Oh, thank and you I mean, for setting me up. I was yeah. going to say, thank you really? for setting me up because I've got a really <laughs> good Teen Mom story. There you go. Let's hear it. Okay. In the news, Teen Mom, Farrah... Fawcett. No. No. <laughs> Farrah Jaka. <laughs> Farrah Abraham, she's one okay. of the, she was 16, 15, 16 when she got knocked up. Uh, her boyfriend, baby daddy, got killed before the baby was died, you know, or before the baby was born, he was dead. Anyway, she became a model, um, you can watch all the, her exploits on MTV. A model what? Uh, a fashion model? Fashion model, oh, yeah, okay. okay. But, um, because... The way MTV presents it is, you know, they're not giving these people money. But a couple weeks ago, she was spotted down in, in uh, not was it Santa Monica Boulevard? Shopping in, like, high-end, this is where rock stars, movie stars go to shop. <clears throat> She's not getting paid from MTV, my ass. Somebody's giving her money. And... Because she's, or she's not buying anything. She's yeah. just shopping. <laughs> oh, it, it gets better. It gets better. Anyway, um, there was a rumor that came out that a sex tape, her sex tape, has has leaked out. The baby one? I yeah. Mean, the one yeah. where the baby came from, sex yeah. tape? Okay. And um, so... Of course, paparazzi's is coming at her and asking her, and she's denying it, and she's like, you know, nah, da 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 Well, the sex tape has kind of somewhat surfaced, not the whole thing, and the guy that she's with is Jesse James, which is, or is it James Dean? I don't, no. So, I don't know. James Some dude. Dean died. Okay, it's James Dean. It's uh, it's it's not the James Dean. It's, an, it's a porn star oh, named James Dean. And they went to him and said, well, this is you on the tape. And at first, she was saying when it finally, you know, video started leaking out, she's like, well, we had a relationship and it's just something we did and it's, it's leaked out. Well, they went to him. Choice of words, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they went to him and they're like, well, this is what... Uh, Farrah Abraham said, you know, you, you two are in a relationship. And, and he's like, whoa, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. He goes, just because I bang chicks for a living doesn't mean I'm not in a relationship. And I would not be in a relationship with her. He goes, I was paid to make this tape. So now it's come about that Viz Entertainment, um, has paid her one million dollars to make this porn tape that was supposed to be a sex tape. I'd do it. I'd do it now. (laughs) (laughs) And that would just be god-awful. But yeah, for a million bucks? Seriously? But yeah, but they were trying to go the the Kim Kardashian way of doing things because that's how, you know, she she was banging that one guy, the one rapper. You know his name? No, I don't remember his name. Um, Anyway, Kim was? Or, yeah. Or the baby? No, Kim was. Oh. And it got leaked out. And that's how she became famous. Well, they were trying to do the same thing with uh, Farrah Abraham. You know, when you, when, you, when you just listen to that for a second, she was banging a rapper, and so that's how she became famous. That's really hard for me to get around myself, my brain, because... Of course, I admit, I'm from a few years back, all right? But 
when I was a kid, we didn't go around talking about who we did, okay? Right. I mean, because in the first place, we didn't even let anybody know we did. That was a big no-no. When I was a kid, I wanted to go see a movie. I can't remember what the fuck it was called now, but it was a movie in which a portrayal of childbirth took place. My mother had a heart attack that I wanted to go see this movie. Really? Oh, yeah, it was forbidden. That was in uh, the 50s, okay? So look where we are now. 2013, and you make your name in Hollywood by banging a rapper. Yes. What is that? That's so, interesting, at the very least. So, this... And now she's entitled. Yes. And now... Recognition. Yes. They pay her probably to go places, like they pay uh, Paris and, and a few other well, I mean, look, but, but even look at her sister. Her sister has nothing out there other than the fact that she married a basketball player. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we're talking about yeah. Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking about Khloe Kardashian. Oh, yeah. yeah. You yeah. mean Chewbacca Kardashian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that too. Yeah. You know, she became famous yeah. just because she was Kim's sister. That's right. it. Exactly. Well, and, that, and that's how she met. Um, right. Her husband. Right. It was through Kim. Right. Because, she, because from uh, did they have a sex tape too? I don't know if they've had. You know, <laughs> I would have heard they've had a sex tape. You never know. Okay. Now, how much? How much do the magazines, uh, newspapers, but mostly magazine, uh, and not necessarily just the rags, the Star and the Enquirer and stuff like that. Right. But you know, People and Us and Entertainment and those magazines. How much do they contribute to this? It's it's kind of like the the fat thing, for women. You know, you can't be fat and beautiful at the same time. We have the fashion industry to thank for that bullshit. Right. Okay? And and the magazines and the photographers who, you know, touch up everybody that's reasonably Photoshop. famous and yeah. look really good. Yeah, you know, hell I could look good if they did me like that. But how much do we owe this aura of entitlement in the industry for doing virtually nothing of significant value? How much of that attention do we owe to those industries that perpetuate it to sell their magazines? And oh, a lot. A lot. a lot. I mean, because like with T- even with like T-Mom 2, Kim, Kim and Khloe Kardashian, stuff like that, nobody knew who they were. You know, MTV came out with that show Teen Mom, or, well, actually, 16 and Pregnant. I didn't hear about it until I saw it on the front page of People Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this bullshit? Well, yeah. Because, remember, and I don't know if you guys heard about this, you know, because of uh, Kim Kardashian, you know, because she's knocked up. Again? Well, no, this is her first kid. Oh, oh, oh. oh and, no, no, actually, you know, well, they don't know, because now they're saying she's not knocked up, because with, they showed pictures the other day, was talking about it, that one day she's like 185 freaking pounds, the next day she's 102. Yeah. You know, there's no way. Right. I mean, no, come on. No. But what it is is were, like... I'd like to know what it was. <laughs> but like the, the Inquirer and stuff like that, they have such a high price tag, you know, for... Uh, and I was reading this online, is they will pay like $100,000 for one good photo of Kim Kardashian wearing something tight, showing off how, how fat she is, essentially. So I think I think magazines have a lot to do... Okay, I do too. Now, let me ask the other devil's question. Okay. Who's at, who's at fault? The magazines? Or us? For buying them and reading them? I'm going to go with the readers. 
Because as a businessman, I'm going to follow the trend. And if I know that people want to read more about how much weight Kim Kardashian has gained, I'm going to put it out there. Absolutely. And and they do that, and a lot, and and it's not just kids. It would be easy to say, oh well, the kids read all that stuff, but that's not really true. No. Uh, at the grocery store, you know, those magazines are put there at eye level, not with kids. No. But with, you know, teenagers and adults. Okay. Probably as many adults buy and read those magazines as kids do. Oh, yeah, Certainly I'm in sure. my beauty shop, they do. Oh, yeah, and they're in every, you know, like they're, well, you look at it this way, too. They're in every doctor's office. They are. You know, um, barber shops, beauty shops, dentist office. And they, and they, and they perpetuate, they're self-perpetuating on the basis that we're going to want to buy the magazine or have it in our doctor office or, you know, whatever, and read about these people and then talk about them. And then they they get off on being talked about and being in the public eye, I guess. I, there's, there's a lot there's a lot of that, that you know, like, oh, yes, I'm famous. Okay. <laughs> I don't get that part of it, okay, for, my, for me. Right. I don't I don't even get that. But... But they do. They're totally into the being famous, the recognition, the whole Hollywood scene, the whole notoriety scene, the whole bi-coastal scene, right. all of that. Now, let's, let's look at this in, in a little bit more deeper perspective. The essential meaning of being famous is it means you're known. Wherever you go, you're known. Right. That is fame. Right. So... Because all these people know you, why does that give a person the mentality that they're owed something just because they are known wherever they go? That makes no sense. It, it, well, that started back in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, you can it, honestly say that. It, it actually started with the entertainment industry, I think, to a large degree. Because, uh, well, you know, I mean, let's face it, it's kind of always been around. Uh, before, before the uh, onset of movies and radio and television and all that kind of shit, way, way back before Edison plugged himself into the wall, uh, they had kings and queens and earls and shit. And there was always... Um, the more money you had. Well, people that were held in high esteem when they really didn't deserve to be just because they ha- they held over the... Uh, the peons, if you will. Right. Uh, they lorded over them their lofty positions in life, their access to the grander things of life that the peons didn't have or the uh, serfs didn't have or whatever. That's been going on a long time. Yeah, it actually comes with having money. Because even back in the Victorian exactly. days, with, you know, uh, Shakespeare. Exactly that. You I can think even it's... go back to Shakespeare because everybody knew who Shakespeare was. Yeah. Yeah. I think they might right, not know what he looked like. Yeah. And a, a lot of people might not know what he looked like, stuff like that, but he says, hi, I'm William Shakespeare, yada, yada, yada. Oh, well, doors fly open. Yeah. yeah. You know, it didn't matter if you were a duke or an earl or, you know, as no. long as you had money, the doors would somebody, fly open. Or if somebody knew you and they had money. Okay, so let's... Then, let's... then you got in. Then you were in that right, circle because, because of once the you got elite. right, because once you got in that circle, especially you know back in like I said Victorian age, 
from then on, you know, medieval times, things of that nature. You had money. Yeah. You knew somebody with money. That opened your door. It's like I'm always saying, it always comes back to the money. Everything always comes back to the money. Because the and better part, the better Now it does, too. I think that's why they think they're entitled, because they go around with the attitude of, I don't owe anybody any money. Mm-hmm. Nobody's got shit on me. You want to talk about skeletons in my closet? Good. That'll get me some more attention. Let's talk that'll about make, it. You know, that'll be even Let's make them some there. more money. Let's yeah. go there. I, I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, I fucked so-and-so. Yeah, I did this or that drug. Yeah, I've been to rehab. Yeah, I shot somebody in a fit of jealous rage or whatever the fuck, you know. So, it's always about the money. And I, and I honestly think that's it. I think it's it, the money. It all boils down to money. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. All right, now, his career right now is bigger than ever. Yeah. Iron Man, yeah, Iron Man yeah. 2, Iron Man and, 3, and The Sherlock Avengers. Holmes. Right. Sherlock Holmes, you know. All those. All that. But, Plus, yeah. I think he's kind of good. I yeah, I mean, say. he's a I good like actor. Him. Don't get I me like wrong. Him. I like him. You know, and but at the same time, he's been in rehab all the oh, way yeah. through the 90s. Oh, yeah. There yeah. were there were times there when I How thought... How many times has he been arrested for Yeah. Right. I was really worried for him surviving, truthfully, at times. Uh, and that's true of a lot of actors. Um, look at Gary Busey. Right. He's big on the reality. I was just watching something the other day, and it said he's been on, like, what, 15 reality shows? Yeah. Right. Come on. And they're all, like, different ones. <laughs> One of them was Gary Busey goes to rehab, you know. And, uh, you know, celebrity, celebrity rehab. Yeah, yeah celebrity yeah, rehab. Celebrity and, rehab. You know. I, I, but I, I do think it's, it's either that they have the money or they want it, and somebody will give it to them. And that's you know, and then there's the other thing. There's there is a, I think there's a mental state there where, like, do you have an, a burning internal desire to be known throughout the world? I could care less. Exactly. If any, if everybody knows my name, so what? Well, actually, I prefer never to. Okay, because of the fact that I pre- I really appreciate my anonymity. I like being able to go places without people knowing who I am. And see, and that's exactly what we're talking about. I don't about. have to be on stage. I don't have to look terrific. I and don't see, that's to, what me and know. him were actually talking about the other day on Who's Boss. Yeah. You know, I told him, I was like, if people know my name, so what? It's not a big deal to me, right. but I like to be anonymous. Right. Because when I walk around my local Walmart, right. I don't want people coming up and saying, hey, you're, you're so-and-so. So-and-so. Yeah. You know, exactly. I want to be able but to walk into. But these people aren't like that. They really want that. Right. I, I could care less. I, I could don't care less. That. You know, even if I wrote a, you know, did a movie right now, made twenty million dollars off this right. movie. I'm the biggest director in Hollywood right now. Nobody's going to see my face because I don't want to be known. Right. Exactly. But see, that's what I'm saying. There, there it's a different mental mindset. Different mindset but I think than too, what these people have. But I think too that once you know, in certain aspects, once you get that money and you know, you become this big, you know, director, actor, screenwriter, whatever. Of course, eventually you're going to wind up in the spotlight sometime. Okay. Here's a question for well, both of you. Have to, yeah. How far would a person go to be famous? Well, obviously. And and what? What? <laughs> I what, mean, just look around us. <laughs> what kind of crap would they get, or what would they take? To become famous, I, I have this answer. Okay. As of today, there was a brand new. Now, how long has Michael Jackson been dead? Oh, four or five years. As of today, there was a brand new file or case filed against the deceased Michael Jackson for a, a former 
child friend was molested by Michael Jackson. Got the cane, let the man rest in peace. And it's um, the the accused is a choreographer in choreographer. To me, tomato, tomato, vase uh-huh. boss. Um, <laughs> anyway, he he spent a lot of time. It says with never he spent Mike, he spent a lot of time with Michael Jackson at the Neverland Ranch, and um, they're just saying that the guy's name is Robinson. He, they're not giving his first name. Um, he says that he's 30 years old. He's worked with top pop stars like Britney Spears, NSYNC, Usher, Pink. Um, so he's got money, but you really don't get famous. So he's the one that's making the accusation? Yes. Where you, by the way, you have to quote your source. I'm getting there. Oh, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's see. I, I'm doing a, a quick read through. What is he, what is he after? Is he wanting uh, compensation, monetary compensation? Is he wanting uh, an apology? Gonna have to dig a little for that one. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of um, Interesting enough, as I'm reading through here, and let me go ahead and just shoot. It, it is from TMZ. Um, our, our good friends over at TMZ that gives us all the nice, you know, stuff. All the juicy. And it is by Mr. Wade Robinson. Did he write this article himself? Interesting. Um, and it says here. That remember the 2005 um, trial that Michael Jackson went through for molestation. This son bitch went on stand and under oath said nothing. Nothing. He said no. Oh, well, they can always recant that though. They they do that all the time. I I had to say that somebody made me. My mother wouldn't let me talk or whatever. Uh, Let's see. It says Wade's lawyer filed legal documents May 1st asking the judge in a Michael Jackson estate case to allow him to file a later creditor claim against the estate. In the document, Wade's lawyer says that he submitted a never-before-filed complaint for childhood sexual abuse. So they're just trying to tap into what that money is. So again, and I feel like because he's a choreographer... He makes good money, but he's not famous. Well, and he isn't fabulously wealthy either. Michael Jackson died a very rich man. Yes. I mean, he had money. He didn't even count. <laughs> the man, if he if he never, ever did anything again, which, unfortunately, he didn't, still making money. It's like Elvis and a lot of other deceased celebrities are still making money. Even though they're gone, their estates are still raking it in by the gazillions just because... Of who they they, were. No, just because of things that they had done are still out there selling and and bringing in proceeds. It's it's a... um, It's like a ball rolling down a hill. You can't stop it. It's going to go. Okay, gravity is its friend, and it's going downhill, and money is flying up out of its ass all the time. It's never going to stop. Michael Jackson's estate will never stop making money, ever. No. Ever. Oh, it's like Elvis, since you mentioned Elvis. I I mean, you know, I've been to Graceland twice. 
That place makes money hand over well, fist. Not only that, but look at all the royalties from Elvis connected things. Right. Music, merchandise, uh, clothes, uh, stories, uh, everything. Everything right. you can think of that has the big E on it, the oh, yeah. money's going to that estate. So, but, naturally, your choreography choreographer person here is going to think, well, sh- why shouldn't I get a chunk of that? Yeah. Even though he at one time said, no, 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 nothing ever happened. He can always come up with some bullshit. And who's behind, who's pushing him to do this? Somebody. Yeah, somebody's somebody, pushing somebody him. A lawyer is. that wants to help get some more money for himself. And, you know, I'm, see, I'm also surprised you mentioned Elvis, because who was, who was Michael Jackson married to at one point in time? Yeah, Elvis' his daughter. So, and, but the only reason go. she did that, I mean, she already had notoriety because of who she was. You know, she was born into fame. Yeah. You know, for her, she wants to stay out of the spotlight. She could care less if anybody knows who she is. Right. You know, Priscilla's the same way. She could care less that everybody knows that she's Elvis's ex-wife. Right. You know, Lisa Marie's mother. The only thing, Lisa Marie, the only reason why... She married Michael Jackson, and she even admitted this, and so she can get her inheritance money. Well, at least she's straightforward about it. Yeah, and she's she admitted because it's stated in his will that she had to be married in order to get in it. order to get her part of the estate. Yeah. Now, there's that's a that's an interesting example of a woman who grew up in a world of entitlement in the industry. Which one? Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie, okay. But I wouldn't classify her in the same... I don't know anything about her, but I don't hear the same sorts of things about her or read the same sorts of things about her that we do about, say, Lindsay or or Miley or some of the right. others. Well, the last thing I heard about you know, Lisa Marie was she was donating her money that she was making from, you know, the Graceland there Estate. You there you go. She was donating. There you go. You know, to the Dave Thomas Hospital there in Memphis, and you know, in other places. You, you know, so it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily just that they're born into it, and not necessarily that they're made fabulously wealthy by it. I, I really think it's a mindset. It, I mean, it's got to be. I mean, because there, there's children, you know, I mean, that were born into this lifestyle, and that, they're and they're okay, and they're fine, as we. Would, and, and, but there's there's some stars that were born right. in this yeah. lifestyle that grew up in this lifestyle. Yeah. And and they're strange. <laughs> they well let's let's pop back. To, okay. Well let's let's talk about Drew Barrymore real quick. She yeah. grew up in this lifestyle. There you go. And she became an actress herself and a producer and a director. And right. But at the same time, while she was things. while she was a kid, she was a drug addict. She was alcoholic. She was. And that was all in the news. She did some struggles. Right. A lot. That was all in the news. And yes. then she once she changed her life, it was like, oh well, you know, it's just Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Once yeah. she grew up. Once she grew once up. She, once she started but she grew accepting up. responsibility for her actions. And but she grew up in the lifestyle. Person. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, so I don't, I don't think we can lay it to that. I don't think we can say, well, it's because they grew up that way. No, because uh, there's, there's plenty of, you know, people. I mean, look at Jenny Lee Curtis. Exactly. Her mother's Janet Lee, and her father was Tony Curtis. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, she grew up in the lifestyle. I mean, her mom. Carrie was, Fisher's another. Right. I mean, you know, there's Marlo Thomas is there's another. Plenty of stars that grew Marlo up. Marlo Thomas is a great humanitarian. Mm-hmm. She spends her. It seems as though she spends every waking hour working for St. Jude Hospital so do you, and helping it. 
So I I don't know because I, for me it's just and I, I sat and thought about this you know before you came over and I just I don't know I mean sure we all feel a little bit entitled to something but there's an extreme plateau where they just like you know they're 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 just walking across you know nice flat and then when they get that tip they just gone you know what it kind of reminds me of is you know the big dog and little dog thing you know, mm-hmm. where the little dog is going, yeah, buddy, I love you, I love you. yeah, buddy, whatever you say, buddy, buddy. You know, yeah. and that big dog's going, well, whatever, we're going to walk down the park to the, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the little dog goes along with them and everything. It's like these people of whom we're, we're speaking that, that go around thinking they're entitled to everything are like the little, to me, they're like the little dog. They don't really have anything uh, they're not bringing anything to the table. Right. They aren't anybody. They uh, sometimes grew up in the industry, but most often apparently not. But they, they, they've got this crusade for themselves to become famous and, and, and popular and photographed and quoted and all of this other crap. I think maybe it has something to do with the fact that they don't have it. Big Dog knows he's Big Dog. He doesn't have to go around barking at people. Proving anything to anybody. He doesn't have to growl at anybody. Look at Wes Craven. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he started out, he was nobody. Now he's huge in the movie business, but you don't really hear about it. You could walk in and sit down with him at a restaurant and have coffee with him and never know it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, if you've seen some of the special features on some of his movies, you know what he looks well, like. Yeah, but I mean to say, he wouldn't. Right. He wouldn't be that way. Right. About who he is. Right. Just because he is who he is, he don't yeah. want it. Right. I think what it is is the people that are doing this that think they're entitled mm-hmm. to this lifestyle. They don't care what kind of press they get as long as they're getting press because exactly. they know as soon as their name comes out of the press, they're dead. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Because I. You know, this is this is kind of me. Whenever I can't do an episode, I'm flying you in to do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> because you're doing really well. I told you, he does really good on podcasts. You did say that, yes. Yeah, and you're right. Seems to be doing well. So, good job. Thank you. Uh, but anyway, jumping back on to subject at hand. Yeah. Um, do you think it's because of immaturity as well? Do you, because a lot of these people that um, have this entitlement issue are young. Most of them are probably under 30. Um, you know, of course, Lindsay Lohan. Well, Charlie Sheen, he... he oh, Charlie doesn't have entitlement issues. Charlie's just... Charlie. <laughs> He's just a spoiled rock. Well, that's all. I mean, you know, that's look at who his, look at who his father is. Look at who his brother is. I mean, come on. Nobody ever told Charlie no and made it stick. That's all. You know, speaking of... Even church. today, they don't tell him no and make it stick. You know, he got fired. Big deal. He doesn't care. Yeah, it, He's yeah. like, whatever. I'll yeah. find something else yeah. in a couple years. But nobody, nobody ever told him no and made it stick. Um, during the... Uh, wedding shower, you know, for Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron and I ended up going to the movies and we saw scary movie. Yes, you were five. telling me. Yeah. The interesting thing was the best part of the whole movie was the intro, and coincidentally, that intro involved Charlie Sheen and Lindsay Lohan. Really? Yes. 
It was fucking hysterical. Oh, yeah? Because they played off of, you know, Charlie Sheen winning, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then they're, they're talking about, well, I got this ankle bracelet, and, and Charlie pulls out, you know, this bracelet. It, it was good. It was funny. Um, so at least they still have the ability to perform to what, at which made them famous in the first place. I'm talking those two. You know. Yeah. Well, I think Charlie Sheen makes a big joke about everything. I mean, honestly and truthfully. I mean, you know, after he got fired from Two and a Half, and a half Men and stuff like that, he made a big joke about it, saying he was winning the Tiger Blood thing, the whole nine yards. I think it was a big joke. Just well, he got, obviously he doesn't care. He don't care. And, I mean, because he, he was just expressing his opinion. And he doesn't have to. I don't care whether he cares or not. You know, that's that's his road. Right. He, you know, he, you grew, know. he grew up in the industry. I mean, look at who his father is and stuff like that. If he can get by not caring, more power to him. I can't work that way. No. Me. Uh, but maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe they don't, maybe these people don't care. Like right. you had said earlier, what do you have to do to be famous? Apparently, they'll do anything. Yeah, you don't have to be much. You don't have to uh, care about yourself. To the point, your image. To the point, I don't think is. it's not caring. I think it's the fact that they know if they get bad press, they're still in the press. Well, press is press. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was telling him yeah. the other day. You know, when he was telling me about the article and stuff like that, I was yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. You know, it's just going to make people want to go. It's just going to make people want to go and investigate yeah, more exactly. to see what truth there it is behind. Name, it gets your name out there. The question is, why do they want to get their name out there? What motivates them? It'd be interesting to actually ask if we could find one articulate enough to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be interesting to ask one of them what motivates them. What you know? I don't know. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. They do have them, and they're making excellent money listening to them on the couch. You know, oh, nobody loves me. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, that kind of crap. Uh, somebody probably has written a book. You know, the minds, if they haven't, somebody ought to. The mindset of the uh, famously entitled or some shit. Because uh, I don't understand them. I don't claim to understand them. I'm guessing when I say, well, it may be this or maybe that. I don't have a fucking clue because I can't relate to them. Right. Right. You know, and I think so. I think honestly and truthfully, like some people that think they're entitled, they just think they're entitled because their name's in the press. They made their money. Everybody knows who they are. They've listened to me before. You should listen to me now. Right. Right. And, you know, they've, they've gone up, they've gone down, yeah. they've gone up, they've gone down. And but nobody really cares. No, but they do. They they right. They do. I think I think what it is they just want their name in the press to keep their name going so that money's coming in because they. It know, may just be that. It may just be as simple know, as that. Because a lot of they guys have their lifestyle. After right. All, they bought these million dollar homes and exactly. I mean, look rent. at look at Kobe Bryant with the whole thing of the sex. Oh game. Lord. Okay, you know, she said he raped her. He said he didn't. Come to find out, none of it happened. She was consensual sex. She was just trying to get her name out there to get Kobe's money. That's it. She thought she was entitled to his money just because she had sex with him. That's it. That's, yeah, yeah. And nobody cared. No. No, no, no. But they cared. The only reason they did care is because it was 
Kobe Bryant. You know, and because he was already a celebrity. When you think about it, remember I said like 50 years ago, nobody would even admit that they'd done somebody. Okay. Right. Where do you think this is going to go in 10 years or 20? Oh. I mean, what's left? Right. What's left? We we fucked our friends. We fucked our mothers. We fucked our sisters, our brothers, ourselves, uh, our girlfriends and boyfriends. Uh, or boyfriends and girlfriends, depending on which way you want to look at it, our our cows, our sheep, our dogs. <laughs> uh, oh, you were listening to Scene Red, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have a very vivid imagination. No, she probably read the uh, article. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So what's what's left? I mean, we've we've done the drugs, we've done the rehab, we've done uh, the alcohol, we've done the rehab, right? Uh, we, we, have, we have some of us murdered, some of us not. Uh, the murder's hard to do, though. Well, it's not that you'd run out of murderese, as it were, but um, they'll catch you eventually, right. so that's not good. And well, then you got then you got your accidents, and you got yeah, yeah, you know the public and then, intox, and then public they, they go through the fashion things. Okay, well, well, who gives a fuck? I mean, right. the men can't do the fashion thing too much. They can do the six packs and the you know, sexist man alive and all that. But after that, there's not much for the men to do. So, but where are we going to, what's going to set them up and into the spotlight on the pedestal in 10 or 20 years? It, it, probably the same shit because it'll be uh, 10 or 20 years worth of newbies, as it were, coming up through the ranks of Right, and then you're going to be like, watching. Right, and then, you then, you, then you're just going to look at the magazine and be like, oh shit, you did it again. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, or well. the kids, the younger kids coming up are going to read about it and they'll say, oh, look what so and so did. Yeah, I know. They did that when I was a kid, too. Yeah, but they, right. But, but or, or they'll then, be buying the magazines. Or then you got their kids coming up in the movies and music industry <laughs> yeah. and, yes. you know, stuff yes. like that. And then There'll they're getting more. following in their parents' footsteps and then the young kids, you yeah. know, look at Justin Bieber. Oh you my! All these freaking Bieber. That's must, another one. Must we? <laughs> yeah, you got all these fucking. Yeah, I know. Bieber geeks. I know. I know. You know. To me, what's her name? His girlfriend, Selena. Selena Gomez. She's a yeah. pretty girl. She's a pretty girl. I mean, I can honestly say Bieber. Okay, I could give a shit less. To me, I don't think he can sing. I, I haven't you know, paid that much attention to whether he can or not. To be I, very honest with you, he's a cute kid, but come on. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, but Usher sure thinks he's great. Let's give it to Usher. Yeah, got to give it to Usher. Okay, Usher's good. But if he thinks the kid's good, maybe the kid's good. I don't know. Okay, I see this is my opportunity to jump in on this one. <laughs> okay. Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Have you heard about what happened with Reese Witherspoon? I read something in the paper, and then she denied something and something. Yeah, she got arrested. and What it was is she got arrested for drunk driving. In Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, what it was was her husband or boyfriend or whatever he is was actually too drunk to drive. She was under the limit. She got pulled over. Well, when she got pulled over, they said she told the cop, "Well, do you know who I am? I'm an American citizen. I will have your job for this." Uh huh. Okay. But up until this point, she hasn't really been in the news. No. Tell I mean, new, don't you have a new movie coming out shortly? Uh, I believe. Actually, really and I honestly think that's where a lot of this comes from. They're, they want the publicity because they got a new they movie coming out. They They've got, got something they got coming out. Getting busted for a semi-DUI is not that big a deal. The, right. the, yeah, the, it wasn't a big deal about this and, semi-DUI. And it's I'm just an American what citizen. I'll have your job. That's been said before. Right. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know who I am, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I think what we it is... should have said no. <laughs> 
I think I think mainly what it was is she was just trying to get on the news to show she got arrested or something just to put her name back out there because she had Very a movie possible. coming out. Very possible. Or maybe the cop got wanted to be on the news for arresting her. Who knows? Who knows? But I mean, you know, people do weird things. I've noticed. I've noticed in years over the years that celebrities, when they do something, especially ones that think they're entitled, mm-hmm. if the, something comes out in the news right before they come out with something big. Exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. Reese Witherspoon with this. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr., last time he went, you know, last time he went on a coke binge, wrecked his car, come out of, you know, and then went to rehab, he had a movie coming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Charlie Sheen did all this mess, and then he did the cameo in Scream, Scary mm-hmm. Movie 5. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think, honestly, that's I what it is. They, they use it for publicity yeah. for their other projects. Yeah. That could be, you know, and it may not even be their ideas or their doing. Uh, they you know, they have their little support group, right? Um, and, and, it, and it could be just the fact that the media is twisting everything maybe, around. Well, no, I mean like their agents and their and right. The people well, that's what I'm getting at. With, you know, that's what I'm getting. We like, need to agents, get you in the news. Let's let's have let, you let's do find something. something yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like their managers, agents, right. stuff like that. Right. And they're like, okay, well, we need to get you in the news, so we're going to come right. concoct this story. With the police department, that you wrecked your car because you were high on cocaine. Right. Right. Well, coincidentally, I have the video. There's a video. There is a, a video of Reese. Um, I'm going to put it up by the okay. mic so the listeners can listen to it. If you want to come around the other side. Okay. Dog on the floor. Oh, I'll come around. And the then um, because yeah, the cop actually had the dash cam on. Okay. And what I'm thinking is, is they ran the plates. Instantly realized the name on you know the car register yeah. and turned on. Actually, the dash I cam. believe it was a wrecking car. Dash cams are, are required for stop. Ma'am, what did I just tell you to do? I'd like to know what's going on. He's under arrest. If you don't get I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm allowed to stand on American Actually, ground and ask any like question I want to ask. Go ahead. Come on. You better not arrest me. Yes, Are you kidding me? No, I told you. I'm an American citizen. I told you to get in that car and stay in there, didn't I? This is beyond. I this is beyond. You fight with me. I promise this you. This is harassment. Yeah. You're not harassing me as an American I citizen. I have done nothing against the law. Yes, you have. You didn't obey my... I have to obey your orders? Yes, you do. Reese. No, sir. I do not. Absolutely nothing. Reese. I'm now being arrested and handcuffed? Yep. Do you know my name, sir? Don't read enough. You don't need to know my name? Not quite yet. I'll get oh, that really? information. Okay. You're about to find out who I am. That's fine. I'm not real worried about you, ma'am. I done told you how things work. You want to get out and get up in my investigation? That's okay. Yes, sir, I do. Well, guess what? We have a law for that. It's called obstruction. I'm obstructing your justice. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm being anti-American. Yep. Go ahead, sit down. Wow. Sit your butt first. It'd be a lot easier on you. Interesting. Arresting me. I tried. I'm sorry. I absolutely 100% tried. I have nothing to do with that. I know. I like that. I like that. And she got a lesson in uh, civics there, didn't she? <laughs> she did, but honestly, uh, truthfully, too, I think cops also have, a, you know, they think they're entitled also. They are. Um, in because, my opinion, they because are. Because a lot of them think okay. they're above the law because they are the law. But he wasn't doing anything above the law. He was simply no. enforcing right. his position 
Exactly. And he's, as far as I'm concerned, he is entitled to enforce his position. Exactly. Anybody that lays their life on the line daily to protect me is entitled to enforce any fucking position he wants to. Right. Especially when somebody's going, do you know who I am? I'm an American citizen. Well, what do you think I am? Fucking chopped liver? Yeah, really. Exactly. Of course you're an American citizen. That doesn't mean that you don't have to do what is required in this particular situation. Exactly. This setting requires a certain set of behaviors from me and from you. I know. He did. You're not following the behavior pattern. Right. If somebody is in a situation, let's say you're driving down the road. Let's say it's midnight and your taillight is burned out, but you don't know that. Right. And a police officer pulls you over. And you know you know the drill. I know the drill. And I've only been pulled over once in, uh, I don't even know how long. And it was for a burned out taillight. I put my hands on the steering wheel and I sat there. Yep. I just sat there and waited. I'm not going to do shit. I know better. In the dark at night? Yeah. Come on. You don't get out of your car and go, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know who I am? You, 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 there's a certain behavioral pattern that is required of that circumstance. Right. All right? Now, whether she thought she was being falsely accused, falsely arrested, or falsely approached about the issue is totally beside the point. There's a standard of behavior that is required by that situation. He's an officer of the law. She is a suspect for the moment in his mind about an issue he thinks she has done. Right. Okay? The, the game is, he says, I need to talk with you about this issue. She's supposed to say, yes, sir. What would you like to know? Well, she's not supposed to say, well, who, do you know who I am? And I'm in a mix. Nobody that, cares. That's not called for. That's not the way that game is played. And life is about when when you live in close proximity with gazillions of people, life is about playing the game right. You have to play the game right. If you don't, you start shooting each other and and hurting each other and confusing each other and and, and, and upsetting one another. And it isn't it isn't that hard. You just play the game. You you talk back and forth, you use the nice sounds, you make nice to one another, and you, you try to understand the other guy's point of view, right. you try to present yourself in a good light, not a bad light, not a I'm hot shit and, and, and you shouldn't touch me light, and she didn't do it. So as far as I'm concerned, he was totally within his rights to exert himself, to, to push his capabilities as an officer of the law to the max in order to quietly, as much as he could, he was trying to, to be quiet and polite about it, get her handcuffed and in the car. Right. That's what his that's what his job was at that point. And she I, wasn't talking to him at that point. He right. couldn't talk with her at that point. She put the she put the block up the, the, the brick wall and she and she was the one who interrupted the communication line and Essentially, stuck her hands out for cuffs with her mouth, and that's why I picked this one. I waited until the, the very last yeah. to introduce this one because yeah. it's—you it, actually get to hear it, you get to see it, 
And that is the perfect example yes. of entitlement. Yes. Because she's famous. She thinks it's okay. Yes, she thinks she, she doesn't be... have to play the game. Right. That's and that and that's sad. And unfortunately, if you want to really get sick about it, there's an awful lot of people who aren't wealthy, who aren't famous, who aren't anything, and they have the same attitude. Yes. You right. see them every day driving down the road. We've talked about this before, rude drivers and, oh, yeah. and so on, you know, I did going a, where they want. I did a whole episode last week yeah. on that. So, you know, it's kind of sad because, and I think those people, the ones who, who don't have anything going for them, so to speak, uh, they, they, in their minds, they go, well, if Reese Witherspoon can do it, so can I. Right. Well, why? She, in the first place, she can't. But in the second place, even if she could, why should you be able to? You're nobody. Right. You know. But, but that's kind of what we see. And I think that's why parents get concerned about things on TV mm-hmm. that, they, that their children are watching. Because parents know that their kids are going to watch that. And they'll go, well, if so-and-so can do that, I can do that. They're going to imitate it. Yeah. yeah actually, actually very, I think truthfully what it boils down to is it's the, it's the parents not watching what their kids are watching. They don't know what they're watching. Right. They haven't got a clue what they're I watching. I mean, because but, t- like Teen Mom, you know, that comes yeah. on at like two, sometimes two, three o'clock in the morning. And the kids are up watching it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what it is is not the parents not, you know, saying that you can't watch that. or I think it's they're not... They don't know. They, yeah, they don't know what they're, they're watching. Aware. So they're not that's aware. They're what, not watching their kids. Right. So that's where it comes. Which down is to. a real full time job. Is you, do you have kids? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've got so three. You know. Well, God bless you for setting me up for another <laughs> one. Yet another segue. Um, jumping back to the teen mom, teen mom, the one that had the sex tape made. She actually took her phone, did a video explaining she, why she did what she did. And just you, when you hear her talk, you can hear the intelligence ooze from her mouth. Are you being uh, very just slightly facetious? <laughs> so here we go. So on the real, what would you do? You have been a single mother for four years, off and on dating loser-ass boys who always try to sell information, lie to you, manipulate, and you've just realized you're an awesome person and you deserve someone. And now that you've been 21, you've pretty much been crying every night because you're single and you're alone. And so you make your own videos, celebrate your awesome body, get your own sexy shots. So the person you did this with has the urge to yell it out when he should be professional and not. So you have companies interested. Why not sell it? And that's what I did. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's just real intelligent. (laughs) And we're going to have to close on that one for this week, folks. That's a shame. (laughs) That's a real shame. So for this week... I am David K. Montoya. And I am S.A. Burbank. I'm Alan Russo. And you heard what we think, so now you know. Good night, folks. And welcome back. That was an entitlement issue. Yes. (laughs) Now I really want someone to bathe me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can always talk to uh, Christine with a K. (laughs) No? She'll please. I'm lucky to get her to bring me a sandwich. Oh, yes. man. I said, well, maybe next time. I told her that's what I got her for, to make me sandwiches. You said you gave her a key for the reason. Mm-hmm. Clean, sandwiching, bathing. Exactly. Keeping the bed warm. She laughed and walked out of the room. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know. Well. Uh, well. They said that's something you, you two are going to have to work on. Yeah. Yeah. So I lose. 
Yeah, something something like that meme that you put up on Facebook. Yeah, that, the uh, something like uh, the top things to do to win an argument with a woman is just a blank sheet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number two episode of our number one episode. Which is our second episode. Okay, our, yeah. our second number one episode. There we go. Is that is that a little more succinct <laughs> oh, for man. you? I got lost. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Who's the Boss number one. Who's the Boss? Yes. Well, I don't think Tony Dance is in this one. It might be. Is that a copyright infringement? Dave, are you in copyright infringement? Dude, shut up. I'm just asking. Okay, we're not infringing copyrights with our opening for the movie Madhouse? Shh. Well, then you shut up. (laughs) You shut up about who's the boss then. Oh, all right. Okay. In this first episode, Dave's in the office this week, and he talks about MythWorks' new release and answers questions from followers on Twitter. Oh. Yeah. There you go. That says nothing. (laughs) Well, MythWorks is, though. MythWorks is his, um, uh, I believe it was his publishing company. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if... I, this is probably really shitty history going on right now, but I believe he shut MythWorks down to focus on the podcast network. Uh, okay, yeah. Dave, obviously, Dave, you got the right person running this show. Mm, yeah. Now, I said Mod, what's that? <laughs> Dave who? <laughs> Dave's not here. Dave's not here, man. <laughs> All righty. Well, let's get into this one, and uh, we'll see who's the boss. All right. I'm telling Tony. No, Angela's the boss. Good point. Well, she's she, the woman. She was the one that was paying. That's true. So technically, just worked there. That's right. Until the end, when they jumped the shark and they got married and blah blah blah. blah. Well, jumping the shark. Yeah, I suppose. Why are we talking about TV shows again? We just can't help it. Uh, no, I know. Yeah. Said, it, it, it's our it's our pop culture exactly. upbringing. I exactly. Suppose. Alyssa Milano. Oh, did you see her in the uh, the vampire one? Mm, that... Embrace of the vampire. That's, That's the one. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I would never be you know, sucked into that. Oh, uh, sucked in. Get it? Sadly, yeah. <laughs> Here's episode one of Who's the Boss. Welcome to Who's the Boss. This is David K. Montoya with you today. Finally able to sit down and talk to you folks a little bit of one on one. It's been a really busy week. By the time you listen to this, it'll be the end of. I believe the second week of November, uh, but during the time we just finished our Halloween season, which is always busy for us, we just uh, produced a new anthology called Erotica Anthology. You can pick that up over at MythMart. That will be www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. You can check it out. Uh, other than doing the stuff over for MythWorks here over at the Jaisalmon Productions, we are heavily involved in producing our Jaisal Modcast. A lot of recording this week. We had some really good shows taped already. When in Burbank, when I sat down with Sadie Burbank. Great, great uh, interview. Uh, really emotional, really raw. And if you folks haven't checked that out, I really suggest that you guys should. Really good stuff. And then my sister and I, Rebecca C. Lofgren, we sat down and we did Sibling Rivalry, which was a great great show we had lots of fun lots of laughs we got a little serious uh, in in one spot but most of the time we're just being silly and and having a good time uh catching up uh she's got a busy schedule i've got a busy schedule so hopefully with this podcasting we'll be able to sit down at least once a week and and share our thoughts on various things and then last night we were supposed to do some recording we were supposed to do the sheer darkness recording with terry sheer unfortunately because of health problems he decided 
it wasn't a good time so we just we're going to try and attempt to get a show put together for you tonight as well as my wife Lacey Montoya and I are hopefully going to sit down today and get a show put together called Entwined as One. Larry Walton, who is the Jason Mons version of Ben Stein, is going to sit down and give you some Hollywood inside. I think he's going to go over some DVDs and Blu-ray releases. Um, and he, he covers that on Saturday with Saturday Segments. Uh, so we've got a lot of listening material for you folks um, here on the Jason Modcast show. Originally, Who the Boss was supposed to be a show with myself and a good friend of mine, L. Allen Russo Jr. He is the former owner of New Blood Films, and I guess he's running the Zombie Works publications over in Arkansas right now. Um, but due to situations out of my control, he's unable to obligate himself to doing a weekly show. So I found myself sitting here going solo, and I was trying to think of a way to do a show by myself without boring you folks for an hour. So I decided that what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump online. I'm going to look at Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Twitter at David K. Montoya. It's all spelled out. You can find me there. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump on Twitter. I'm going to look at some direct messages that were sent to me. Uh, people asking me certain questions, not only about the Jason Modcast. There is some questions about the Jason Mod publications where you can go and download free stuff uh, my writing particularly uh, it's all free over there and we're also going to cover questions about the podcast you know different shows and because we're so connected we're going to cover of course MythWorks and everything that goes on over there so let me pull up and let's see what question number one is question number one it asks, with everything that's going on with MythWorks Corporation, why do you decide to open up a new studio brand? Well, this is actually a fairly simple answer to this. Um, MythWorks Corporation is something that I started back in 1992. We are celebrating our 20th anniversary. Um, initially, when I started out MythWorks, it was called Life Science Studios. And the whole process of Life Science was I was too young to be picked up by big comic name uh, companies to, to produce my stuff. And plus, during that time of the 90s, there really wasn't no creative own material. Uh, so whatever I'd come up with, pretty much the bigwigs would take the copyrights and, and I would just get paid for doing the artwork. And if you go and you, you ever look at any of my earlier stuff, kind of see they the big wigs would not have been really that interested in like my artwork story okay but artwork no um so what happened was is that i decided to open up my own company um sm morton who at the time was my editor convinced me to do it myself so in 1992 i i opened life science studios and i started producing my own material Essentially what they were were makeshift comic books. I'd go and I'd write a little story and then draw up the work. My brother would help me do the inking and then S.M. Morton would do the editing. Well, we did this all the way up until 2003. 
2003, I was kind of getting burnt out on the whole comic book situation. And I wanted to go to a new medium. So I decided to, to go into working with literature. And I started, or I was starting a magazine called The World of Myth. Uh, which was going to be an online literary magazine. And I got pulled into the whole publishing brand. Initially, it started with a very first calendar. I think it was like a 2005 World of Myth calendar. Uh, we just wanted to see if we could actually sell something other than comic books. And within, I, I want to say less than a week, it was completely sold out. I was really amazed. Then... The following year, or it might have been the same year, we decided to go in and publish a book. Because at the time, it was my sister's 18th birthday, I decided to put together a book, a collection of her artwork and her poetry, and throw in a short story for good measure, and put it out there and see what we could do, you know, with, with our book. And uh, we came out in August with Book of Dreams, I think that was 2006. Again, it did really well. And at this point in time, we decided that we could go into full-time publishing, paperback publishing, not only online material, but paperback as well. And we started looking at the potential authors at the World of Myth. Over the, the course of almost 10 years, uh, because, you know, essentially we started publishing, you know, towards the middle of 2000s, we went into full-time publishing with other people. My stuff kind of got pushed aside, and we, we focused more on producing people that had never been published before, publish, you know, raw, talented authors, help mold their craft and, and produce material for them. Over the time, I became the publisher. It was no longer me doing any writing or drawing or producing comic books. It was about producing other people's work. And after a long period of time, I, I kind of got burnt out on that. I, I wanted to get down, I wanted to set down, I wanted to get back to the basics. I wanted to do comic books, I wanted to get back to drawing, I wanted to get back to writing. Uh, I, I have an anthology that's called It's a Dark Ride. It's been pushed aside for the last two years because of other projects. And I really want to get this finished. And I felt that... In order to, to publish the book, we would have to get my name re-recognized. Because a lot of people, if you hear my name, if you search my name on like Google or Bing or anything like that, um, type in David K. Montoya, and you will find that I'm the CEO of the company. And there's really not much talk about me being the author. Um, earlier this year in 2012, I sat down with uh, The World of Myth and did an interview, and I had mentioned that I am a writer. And honestly, wholeheartedly, interviewer looked at me and was completely dumbfounded at the fact that I was a writer, and they didn't realize that I was a writer. And that really inspired me to, to get back out there and to get my name known not only as a business person, uh, which is absolutely, definitely part of me. But I, I'm first and foremost a writer, and I want people to recognize me as a writer. So I decided that I was going to sit down and, and open something up independent from MythWorks, and Jezamon was kind of the first idea. 
Uh, initially, I put together a small e-novelette for the people on Twitter. When we got to like the first 500 followers, you know, they, they were able to download it for free. And you can still go to Jaisalmon and, and download it for free. It's, it's still there. Um, but at the time, there was no Jaisalmon. It was just me producing free material. And then at the beginning of October, I decided that I was going to put out a little Halloween story for everybody for free. And I felt that if I'm going to be continually producing free material, you know, it needs to be put under a header, just not there. Obviously, because I'm the CEO of MythWorks, I was just carrying the files on the MythWorks server. But, you know, I didn't think that was fair because it's not a MythWorks product. So what I did is I came up with the Jaisalmon Productions, which Jaisalmon is a combination of my son and daughter's name, uh, my son's name is Jaden, my daughter's name is Zoe, and our family last name is Montoya, so I smushed that all up and came up with Jaisalmon. And initially, Jaisalmon was for publishing only, produce my stuff, you know, to get my name out there as a writer, not only as the CEO of another company. And as I was producing these free materials, I, I started getting in contact with a lot more of my friends. We don't talk a lot. For example, Terry Shear and I, 99% of the time when we speak, it's on a business term, uh, you know, because he's also the chief operating officer of MythWorks, so we kind of go over the business plan of everything. This book's coming out, this product's coming out, this is how much we're going to sell, this is how much the overhead is, this is how much profit we're going to make, and that's pretty much the, the, the whole basis of our conversations. And one of the things that kind of pushed me to, to start doing this podcast is that Terry is more than just, you know, a business partner. Terry is a, a very good friend of mine. He's, and I've said this publicly before, he's my mentor when it comes to literary writing. Genius of a man. He's very intelligent. Um, looks like I got a phone call, folks. Excuse me, I'll be right back. So as I was saying, the... The whole process of, of recording came kind of from Terry. Like I said, you know, he, he's a friend of mine. We're, we're really close. And for a long time, when he lived here in California with me, we would talk not only just about business, but we would talk about writing, talk about movies, talk about life. You know, we became very close friends. And after he moved to Idaho, we, we kind of lost that connectivity. You know, um, it, it's different from not being able to talk face-to-face -face with people and with my life here in California still being hectic and busy again you know our conversations became more business oriented than personal so I decided that I was going to start a podcast and one of the main shows was going to be him and I and while I do plan on talking about some business talking about his writing background um, because he's been writing for like 40 years, 30 years, something like that. You know, we just talk. Talk about things that we used to talk about. You know, writing, movies, entertainment. Just have a conversation and kind of reconnect that friendship and move past our, our business relationship. Because like I said, Terry's a very good friend of mine. And then... Um, what had happened was I was pitching the idea to S. Sadie Burbank. And, and I wasn't really pitching it outward. I was just kind of talking about it and saying, hey, you know, this is what I'm doing with Terry. I would like to do the same thing with you. And 
she loved the idea and she jumped on board quickly. And I, I have to say, and I, I said this in another show, maybe both shows that I've done so far, um, and I have to publicly thank her for, uh, you know, being the executive producer of these shows, you know, and, and financing this. And it, it really means a lot to me. So initially, it was down the two recordings. I was going to do a show with Terry. I was going to do a show with Sadie. Now, Alan Russo, unfortunately, like I said earlier in the beginning of this show, he couldn't do it, but I wanted to do one. Uh, we, we would talk. You know, I met Russo when I lived in Arkansas back in 2000, and we became very good friends. We worked together. We made a movie. We've done a comic book. We've done several comic books over the years that just hadn't gotten published. And I wanted to, to kind of reconnect with that friendship as well. He originally was in Florida, then he moved back to Arkansas, then he moved to Indiana, then he moved back to Florida, and now he's back into Arkansas. He's remarried, and he's got a new kid, and a new wife, and a new life. And I understand he's really busy with those type of things. So, but at the time, Who's the Boss was supposed to be with him and I because he is, you know, the CEO of his business. So now we're up to three shows. And one of the things also that I wanted to do is I wanted to sit down and talk with my wife. Now, my wife and I, we've been together for 18 years. We are high school sweethearts. We've been together. We've been through a lot of things. And with our son, you know, we, we've based our life around our son. Our son is 11 years older than our daughter. My, my son will be 11 uh, on November 10th. My daughter just turned one in September. And our relationship has been based more on being parents. And I wanted to get an opportunity to sit down and just talk to her like we used to before the kids, you know, and, and keep the relationship alive. And while she constantly says no, that she doesn't want to do this, I know she's on board. And so we came up with uh, Entwined as One, which is actually a, a piece from our wedding vows. And like I said, hopefully tonight I'll be able to record that. So now we're up to four shows. Uh, let's see, who else? Then Larry Walton, I've, I've known him for quite a few years. He's worked on my board of directors. He's done, goodness, he's done a lot of things. Um, he's been circulation manager for the World of Myth and Parodica. He's done PR stuff for me. He's, he's done a lot of work for me. Anyway, we, we spoke about it, and I told him, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting together a podcast, and he was all in. I, I said, well, what do you want to you know, talk about? Because it would just be you unless you want to come over and talk with me. And he wasn't really inclined to coming over at the time. So he, he bought his own setup and he's recording from his house in Hesperia, California. And he decided that he's going to talk about what's coming out in the movies, what's coming out in, in DVD and Blu-ray. And I thought that was kind of neat because he, again, he reminds me of Ben Stein. If you guys listen to his show on Saturday, you'll kind of pick out what I'm trying to say. You know, he's just got that feel about him. So where are we at? We've got Win and Burbank, Sibling Rivalry, Who's the Boss, which is me. And it was supposed to be Russo as well. And then Entwined is One, Sheer Darkness, and Saturday Segment with Larry Walton. So it, it came about, you know, we have six shows. Um, and though I'm, I'm trying to run, you know, a business with MythWorks. I really don't see Jaisalman as a business. I see it more as uh, an opportunity to spend time with my friends and talk with them and catch up with them. 
and I'm running it completely different from MythWorks. I'm trying to keep it somewhat a nonprofit organization. Um, I know, you know, like with our premiums, if, if you download this cast for free, you know, you, you have that little bit of advertising in the beginning. But if you go and you download it for free, or not download it for free, but if you pay for it, there's no advertisement. It goes straight into the show. It's only 99 cents. And while you have to pay a little something, you know, for the premium brand, you know, we're not making a whole heck of a lot of money. 99 cents. You can't even buy a cup of coffee with 99 cents anymore out of the vending machine. And for me, what I do is, you know, I, I pay the, the uh, voice actor for the advertisements and I, I pay my co-host. And my share actually goes back into, you know, materials that I need, you know, mics, computer programs, you know, what I need to do to keep the, the Jaiselmon up and running. So essentially it's a nonprofit organization. Getting to the uh, initial question, I guess, of Jaiselmon and MythWorks are, are two, two separate entities. They, they work on two different levels. MythWorks is a functioning company. We produce, you know, paperback, ebooks, comics, you name it, we do it, you know, and, and it's all about meeting the demand, you know, making a profit and, and trying to make a living in that direction as where with Jaiselmon. Jaiselmon is essentially nonprofit and it's more to connect with my friends. I know that was probably like a, a 15, 20 minute answer and I, I hope that was to the best of you know, my ability and, and I hope you understand what I was trying to say. Okay, let's go to another question. Um, what is the difference between MythWorks and Dark Myth Production Studios? Uh, not a damn thing, actually. It's, it's the same exact thing. Dark Myth Production Studios was a, a name that came from a book I read, Seduction of the Innocents, back in the, the early 90s. It, it talked about comic books. It was written during the time of comic book burning rallies, and, and, and in a passage it said that comic books was the dark myth of the devil, and that really stuck with me. At the time when I read the book, the company's name was still Life Sign Studios, and I, I felt so compelled with that that statement, you know, that dark myth is, is such a strong name. I decided to initially change the company's name from Life Sign Studios to Dark Myth Productions originally, and over the time... Of the course of 20 years, we've had different variations, you know, Dark Myth Comics, Dark Myth Films, and that had become our brand. In 2005, I believe, what I did is I merged three companies that I owned, which was Montoya Entertainment Incorporated, or short for MEI. I merged Danix Entertainment, which I obtained in late, no, excuse me, early 2003, I believe. And then I merged Dark Myth Comic Productions. And when I merged all three under one title, I came up with Dark Myth Production Studios. And Dark Myth Production Studios essentially covered all my bases. It covered online material, it covered comic books, it covered printing, it covered the movies, it covered Myth Mart, everything fell under Dark Myth Production Studios. And we ran as Dark Myth Production Studios for seven years. It was this year in 2012 that I got a phone call from my chief creative officer saying that they had received a cease and desist order from a big name company that said that they owned the brand name of Dark Myth. Coincidentally, after doing some checking, we, we found out that they did in fact have a DVD 
called Dark Myth, and they literally beat me by a year as far as brand names. Uh, we sat down and we decided that we didn't want to take legal action. We didn't want to make this long and drawn out because we had other things to, to deal with and to handle. So we, we, we came up with the name MythWorks and officially changed Dark Myth Production Studios to MythWorks Corporation. Uh, everything's still the same. Um, every all the books, all the setup, all the executive staff, and and whatnot. The only thing that changed was anything with the word dark myth in it. Uh, we we had to change to MythWorks because they said it was a violation. Now technically, I can say Dark Myth Production Studios. I can say Dark Myth Comics, Dark Myth Pictures because they have the word dark myth, but they're they're followed by something else, which I did have trademark with this company. They had just the words dark myth trademark which i didn't realize realize that you could do something like that but obviously you can and for the most part we we never really referred to any brand as dark myth production studios or dark myth comics we just called them dark myth in doing such we were violating a, a copyright infringement law so we just felt it best to to change our name essentially that's what it is is all we did is we just changed our name there's nothing new or special about the business it's just, we just changed our name to comply with copyright laws trademark laws okay let's see what else the next question is okay here's a good one one reader on twitter asked on twitter you talk about your 24 hour plus days what do you do during that time it really doesn't matter if it's a 24 hour day or not I, I have basically the same routine every day I usually get up at 6:45 every morning I get my son up ready for school I usually get ready then we leave the house around 8 o'clock in the morning get him to school and then after school then I usually go and do my daily errands I have something to do every day I usually run around until 9 9.05 ish and then start heading back home and once I get back home, I usually get home around 9.15, 9.30. And my wife and my daughter are usually still asleep during that time. So I try to utilize that time, the quiet time, to get some work done on, on whatever project I'm working on. But usually before I start working on the projects, I'll go and I'll check my email because I get a lot of email on a regular basis. After I finish with my emails, then I'll jump over to Twitter, see what's going on over there. Not necessarily you know, put up a post. But I'll, I'll check it out, see what people are writing, kind of keep up on things. After Twitter, then I run over to Facebook and kind of do the same thing. I, I'm just not a big poster. If there's something important, then I'll, I'll definitely put something up. But normally, I, I don't just throw babble out there. It's, uh, I, I don't know, just not my thing. And then usually after I get done with the, the social media thing, then I'll sit down and I'll start working on some other stuff. Uh, like I said, you know, try to get some writing done. Or take some take care of some business related things, or maybe even work on a website or two. A lot of people may not know this, but everything that is up online, I do. I'm the webmaster, whether it be through MythWorks or Jazelmon. I do all the HTML coding. I do that until roughly around noon. Uh, at noon, then I run and go and take my kid his medicine and, and talk to him and find out what kind of day he's having. I do that for a little bit, and then head back home and usually around that time it's it's lunchtime so the wife and I and my daughter we usually have lunch until about one o'clock then at, after lunch normally I start making business calls 
Sometimes I make calls earlier, but the, the majority of my phone calls that I make concerning business is usually after 1 p.m., you know, just so I make sure that everybody's up, because I deal with a lot of people that work nights or just night people, so I don't know what time they're asleep. So after I do my my phone calls, it depends on the calls, really, uh, you know, how long it is. Usually, probably around 3, you know, get 2 hours. Then... I'll try to get a little bit more work done if, if it, the, the calls don't take so long. And, and I'll definitely take that until 3 o'clock. If by chance I actually don't have anything to do, then I'll, I'll spend some time with my family until 3 o'clock. And then at 3 o'clock I go pick up my boy, you know, bring him home from school. And that usually only takes about 15-20 minutes. And again, depending on if I have work or any other projects that I need to take care of, I'll definitely work on that until about 5 o'clock. If not, then I spend that time with my family. 5 o'clock is usually dinner time, and we sit down and we have dinner together. And for my 24-hour days, 5 o'clock, I kind of eat dinner quickly, then get ready for work. A lot of people may not know this, but I, I work at a local hospital uh, two days a week. Usually is on the weekends. So typically, I'll go and I'll, I'll get to work by seven o'clock and and I work twelve and a half hour shifts so I work at seven o'clock at night to seven thirty in the morning and while people may think that that's the end of the day it's not though it has been a 24 hour day I'm not completely done yet usually when I get home my wife uh, is up to make sure that my son's up and ready to go to school and I take him to school and you know do my usual daily routine. I'll take him to school, run my errands, and I'll get home at 9, 9.15, and then I finally get to go back to sleep, you know, and, and that's been well over 26 hours. So that's when I work 24-hour days. That's usually what it's like. Here's another good question. This one writes, this is a two-part question. First is, what genre do you enjoy writing the most? And the second part is, what is more fun to write, comic books or short stories? When it comes to writing, I really enjoy comedy, believe it or not. But that's something that I have to be in the mood for. It's, it's something that I can't just kind of pull out of me and start writing. I, I have to be in a comedic mood. But what comes naturally for me, actually, is the, the horror genre. The horror genre is something that I grew up with, I guess. I, I've always been a fan of like horror movies. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Exorcist. I was actually really young when I first seen The Exorcist, and, and that probably scarred me pretty well. So the, the answer to your first part definitely would be comedy, but I do more horror writing just because that comes more natural. And... First rule of writing is write what you know, and I know horror, so that's that's mainly my main genre. Second part, second part one's kind of a tough one because I enjoy writing both comics and short stories. The process in writing short stories is a lot less complex than putting together a comic book, believe it or not. Uh, when you do a short story, it's you and the editor and the story. That that's pretty much it. With comic books comic books you have your story and then it goes to a penciler who does the pencil drawings of the comic book then it goes to the inker who actually lays down the the black lines over the drawings 
then after that, then it goes to a colorist. And the colorist puts in all the coloring, obviously. And after the colorist, then it goes to a letterer. And then the letterer puts in the script, the dialogue that I wrote. Then finally it goes to the editor. The editor neither A, approves of the panels, or B, doesn't approve of the panels. And depending on what he or she decides, you know, is kind of where we go from there. If they approve it, then it goes to the editor-in-chief, and the editor-in-chief does the, the final approval. And then once the editor-in-chief approves it, then it goes out to market. If the editor, the initial editor, says, no, here's what I think is wrong with the story, then the story actually gets kicked back to me, even though all the process of, of those pages were already finished. It gets kicked back to me. I have to fix the script. Once I fix the script, I go and I give it to the penciler to redraw, and then that whole process goes over again until it's approved. So I, I think... At this current point, I think I'm kind of leaning towards short stories just because the process isn't that long. I mean, there is a lot of rewritings, but initially, even with several rewrites, it, it, it isn't as long as putting together a comic book. Though, don't get me wrong, I absolutely enjoy writing comic books. So, initially, I, I would have to say that short stories at this current time is, is my favorite thing to write as far as mediums go. That was a good question. Okay, let's see. Next question. Let me find a good one here. I downloaded your book, Free Stories Online. What else are you coming out with for free? I don't know about free currently, but I really want to get out my It's a Dark Ride anthology, and I'm hoping that's going to be you know, here within the year. I, I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this for free, that are enjoying my writing for free, you know, I, I hope that you guys enjoy what I produce enough where, you know, you will put up a little cash and, and, and buy my book. So It's a Dark Ride is, is on the table right now. I don't foresee it not being completed by the end of this year, but we never know. As far as free, I do have the end coming out. That's something that I wrote a long time ago. I came back in and did, did a rewrite. So I'm going to be releasing the end, I believe, on a monthly basis or weekly basis, I have to really sit down and look what I, I've written out. One big thing that we're doing with the end is not only are you going to be able to download it on Kindle or any other e-reader for free, but you're also going to be able to listen to the audio version of the story. Now, the audio version isn't going to be free, uh, just for the simple fact that I have to pay the voice act. So uh, it's going to be 99 cents per story. Again, and I mentioned this earlier part of the program, is 99 cents can't buy you nothing. So it, it, I'm making it as cheap as I possibly can. So that's that's pretty much what I have scheduled for free stuff. I'm going to try to keep the free stuff coming after the end. I mean, the end's going to be quite a long process. I think there's 32, 33 stories. So if we do it, you know, every week, that's still six months roughly. And then after that, I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing as far as free. But also, just remember that you can always come back here to the Jaisal Modcast and listen to us for free. That is not going to change as long as you don't mind a little bit of advertisement in the beginning. Completely free. If not, then you can download it for $0.99. Cents. Again, cheap. 
I'm, I'm trying to make this stuff cost effective for everybody because I understand that the economy is still on the upscale. You know, it's, it's trying to climb, trying to ascend back to where we were before the stock market, you know, kind of crumbled. So, you know, 99 cents, that's, that's cheap. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's a dark ride might be like 10.95. Again, cheap for the quality of what you're going to get out of it. You know, you're going to get it like a $20 book for 10 bucks, 11 bucks. Okay, let's see, what else do we have up here? Okay, I got to read this one because when I read it, it just, it kind of made me giggle. It was just a fun question to even kind of ponder his question. So, or her question. The question is, I'm excited to listen to the new podcasting network. Are you guys going to hit the road and do some some live shows? No. <laughs> um, we're not going to be hitting the road anytime soon. If if you listen to just what I, I talked about my, my days, there is no time that I could even get away with doing a, a tour. And to be honest with you, I don't know if we even have that many followers where we could go and, and talk aimlessly about whatever, you know, to people all around the country. So, short answer is no. No, it, it's not going to happen. But I, I did enjoy the, the, the thought of the possibility. And I know because I know this, this person right here I, I met off the Smodcast page. And obviously the Smodcast people go and do road shows. And, and I guess that's kind of contributed to podcasting. But that's all we are. We're just strictly podcasting. You know, I, I want to sit and talk to my friends. And that's that's the extent of it. So, there you have it. Let's see, what else can I find? Okay, I found one. And this is actually from a, I don't want to say friend, but I guess acquaintance. I've known him for quite a few years. His name is TJ. And TJ writes, when are you bringing back the comics? That's a good question. Initially... I wanted to, to bring back the comics this year because this is the, the 20 years that we started comics. I had plans on bringing back seven of the titles just in one shot. I was going to do an M-Team, a Life Signs, M-Squad and the Apocalypse. I was going to do a Hunter's Exodus. I was going to do a brand new Ayotnum. I was going to do a brand new Smash, which coincidentally that's actually finished. Uh, that's been finished for a long time. And I was going to do a brand new uh, Outsiders. But unfortunately, with things that's gone down, you know, as, as far as, you know, people's health and, and money situation, we just kind of decided to push the, the idea back a little. The idea is called Reloading. And essentially what it was is I was going to sit down, take all the original stories, rewrite them. Because... For example, M-Team, Life Signs, M-Squad, and the Apocalypse, I wrote during my mid-teens into my... I think M-Squad and the Apocalypse I, I wrote when I was 20. And I feel that I'm a much better writer today than I was 15 years ago when I was 20. So I was going to sit down and, and rewrite them. And I actually did get a lot of the plotting finished. But I never finished the scripting because of, of health prog, you know, health problems and, and money problems. So we'll see what happens next year. 
I'm actually talking to someone to take over as managing editor for the MythWork comics. Uh, his name is Mark Jeffries. I think that he'll bring something fresh to the table. Uh, I, I myself always thought myself as a Marvel fan, and I kind of ran the comics with the, the concept of what would Marvel do. And I know when Mario came in, Mario Martinez, he was a big Image fan. And I think he kind of used that same strategy, but with the, the instead of Marvel, it was what would Image do. And I believe that Mark, if, if he does come in full swing, will kind of do the same thing. But he's a huge DC fan, and right now DC's hawked. I mean, they're coming out with some really good stuff. And hopefully that will influence him to produce, you know, some really good material. So look out for it, 2013. I'm not saying nothing absolute, but you never know. Also, TJ, if you're interested, I don't know if you, you've read any of these things, but you can go over to MythMart. We started something called MythWork Comic Classics, and we've gone in and, and republishing the old stories. For example, and I know 99.99% of you have never seen the very first comic book I did called M Team Number One. It's not that good, I admit it. You know, I was very young, but it, it's kind of nostalgic. And I've brought back a lot of the old stuff, the old Yote Gnomes, the, the Life Signs, Hunter's Exodus, and you can go pick them up over at Myth Mart. Obviously, anything after M-Team is, is much better quality just because as the years go by, I get better at what I do. And I, I think that you would enjoy those a little bit more than the M-Team. For anybody that picks up the M-Team, I, I say thank you because obviously you're picking it up for the nostalgia just to kind of look at it. We did go back in. We, we scanned it into the computer. And when I first did the M-Team, there was no computers uh, not available to me. So what I did is I actually sat down, I, I wrote the script, I gave it to S.M. Morton, she edited it, she gave it back to me, I drew this, you know, what I had written, and then my brother and I had sat down and we inked it up. From that point, I actually took it to a copy machine. Uh, we didn't have no printers readily available, so what I did is I, I went and went to 11 by 7 copy, and I made copies. I'd lay two pages down side by side. I'd make a copy. Well, I'd make several copies. Then I would take them, flip them over to the blank side, stick them back into the, the copy machine, lay down two more pages, and copy them off. And once I got through with those, we would go through and literally hand color every single comic book. And then once we finished hand coloring them, we would staple them in the middle and we would sell them. So... They were very, very rough. And mind you, this was, what, 19, 1992. So what we did is we went back in and we scanned the computer. We gave it new tones to the color. We digitally put in the word dialogues and the captions and, and kind of gave it a better edge. But the, the artwork is the same. The story is the same. Though we just kind of enhanced it a little bit. So let's see. What else... What else can I find for you folks? Let's see. Another listener asks, Why is it I can't find anything about MythWorks or Jay Zoman on Google? Well, 
let's see, how do I, how do I explain this? If you go and you type into Google Dark Myth Production Studios, you're going to find a lot of stuff. We just recently became MythWorks Corporation, like I mentioned earlier in this year, 2012. So we haven't really gone forward with a lot of publicity as far as MythWorks, but as far as Dark Myth Production Studios, which is the same exact company, but just with a different name, you could go through and find lots of material. In fact, I, I, I went and pulled up, and you can learn about, let's see, it, it talks about, I found Rebecca Lofgren's Book of Dreams release. Um, there's one here about Mario Martinez becoming editor-in-chief of Dark Myth Comics. Here's one about Terry Shear becoming the CEOO of the company. Oh, here's one. Um, here's one about me and an artist named Slim Black when we, we redid the Yelp Gnome a few years back. Uh, here's a, pro, a release on that. So you can go and search darkmythproductionstudios.com. No, no, don't do this .com anymore. Cause that That's a dead link. Just Google Dark Myth Production Studios and you'll find all the info, all the past history. Here's one that talks about the announcement of the Body Bag Project, which I will eventually talk about in the future. It was um, one of the biggest things that we didn't accomplish, which we spent tens, uh, about about 10-5 on it to, to make. And it just became a nightmare. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. And and as me, as speaking as the CEO of the company, there's not much that I, I haven't achieved when I say I'm going to go out and do something. Unfortunately, body bag is, is one of those things that just didn't come to fruition. As far as Jaiselmon, Jaiselmon's brand new. So you're not going to get a lot of hype. I, I'm trying to do most of my publicity online as far as social media, i.e. Twitter, Facebook. I haven't even issued a press release just because I didn't feel it was necessary. Because I'm trying to pull the readers in from you know different social media networks. So that's, that's why you're not going to get much. Plus that, and we're new. So there's, there's not that much content out there about us. You know, give us four or five years, and, and I'm sure there'll be more content out there. But right now, no. So there's your answer. Um, again, if you're looking for MythWorks stuff, go to Google, type in Dark Myth Production Studios, and you'll get the back history of MythWorks. And for Jaisalmon, we just don't have nothing out right now. Okay, so I think we have time for one more. Let's see. Here's another one. This, this one just caught my eye. In the publishing world, what would you say is the highlight of your career? Ooh, that, that's, that's a good one. I would say, as a writer, definitely when we did the, the 30-something months of the end uh, for the World of Myth magazine, and I had won a few Member of the Month awards for my stories, that was a highlight. Uh, because that told me that people enjoyed what I was writing. And that gave me inspiration to keep writing more. 
And as far as the business world, the business publishing world, I would have to say ah, there's two. When we first got put into Business Week as one of the top 100 companies, independently owned companies to be exact, that was just amazing. It made me feel like I was actually doing something right as a CEO. That was outstanding. Uh, another time was just recently back in 2011. We got featured on CBS Money Watch. And it was a, a big thing about how I, I got the, the company back from Alan Russo, who, who purchased it from me back in 2010. I'll have to explain that some other time. But, you know, CBS is huge. And when we were featured on CBS Money Watch, I was like, wow, uh, you know, that, that was a great feeling. And I can answer that in a third part, too, as a publisher. Um, as a publisher, I would have to say being able to produce, honestly, Terry Shear's last book, Dragon Hunters and other fantasy tales, was just such an honor for me. Terry initially published his own book in uh, 2005 under his own brand, Gateway Press. It was Dreams of Darkness, Dreams of Night. And he... He had the tools available to him to make his own book, you know, but instead he came and published under the Dark Myth Publication brand. And and that was such an honor for me because not only is Terry a good friend of mine and he's my mentor, but I am legitimately a fan of his writing and it was just awesome. Another one would be doing Sarah St. John's book, She's just, I, I don't know how to explain Sarah's writing. Sarah's writing is awesome. She just does a great job. She came essentially from another magazine. She started writing for the World of Myth. From that, she won, you know, a few members of the month and, and went on to produce two novels, countless uh, stories and anthologies. I, I'm not even sure what her initial anthology publishing credits are. And then in 2010, she came back to where she started with us and published Black Hearts and Red Blood Dreams. You know, that was, to me, it was it was great to see. It was uh, like almost coming full circle, you know, because she had started with our company, The World of Myth, and she went off and became a well-known writer. And she could have just said, you know, screw us. I don't need you now. I, I have my own following. I can do my own thing. But instead, she was as good enough of a human being to to come back home, if you will, and you know do a book with us. So those are my my three, I would say, highlights, very dear to my heart. Okay, folks. Well, looking at the timer, it says that I am all out of time. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming in and, and listening to me ramble for you know an hour. Come back next week as we continue to dig for the answer to the all-ever-ending question. And that is, exactly, who's the boss? So I said to the guy, I don't care if you think you're the sheriff, you're not getting my turkey. <laughs> really? Yeah. I wouldn't. Oh, even. oh, we're back. What? Oh, hey. We are back. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> yeah, good thing we didn't finish that conversation. Yeah, no good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
So, sadly, I didn't listen to a lot of that episode because, you know, we were discussing the turkey thing. Well, you know, it, it's something that just came up and had to be dealt with at the exactly. time. So Turkeys are important. That's right. When you get the law involved, you got to deal with it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, that Twitter thing, that thing might take off one of these days. I've heard of it. Yeah. Isn't that where you can record a video? Mm, I think that's part of it. Really? Yeah. Cool. No. No? No. Damn it. No. Nice try, though. It's that 140-character uh, micro-blogging thing everybody's uh, all hip to. Blog. What's a blog? That would be a, uh, a, a short form for web log. Wouldn't that be log? No. Because it sounds like shit when you say it <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm going to log. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I guess that's fair. <laughs> oh, and I didn't set the timer. Uh, man. Okay. Yeah, professionalism. <laughs> well, here we're going for our third, first episode. Third. You're going to do that again, aren't you? I am. <laughs> I can't help it. All right. First episode number three. There oh, yeah, yeah okay. there you go. It is the debut episode of the movie Madhouse. Oh, those punks. I've, I've heard these guys are damn funny. Well, one of them is. Well, yeah, not... You were riding his coattails. Not not this episode. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's number one. Yeah, this was... This was uh, we can we can talk intimately about this one because this was definitely a uh, an experiment of trying to figure out how to do this podcasting nonsense. Huge learning curve. Oh, yeah. And then, well, I said it only took us to about uh, episode... 39? Yeah, 39. Well, episode 13 before I could figure out how to turn the mic on into... The oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. They said we're trying to use the internal mic on the laptop. We had all sorts of microphones plugged in and none, none of them of, were working. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looked good. Yeah. Didn't do anything. Well, this one here, it says, the debut episode of the movie Madhouse where we chat with Christina Garrett, that's Christina with a K, of JX3 Media Productions talking our heart's journey and future projects. We also run down the top five at the box office. Wow. So even at that point, we weren't even on what's coming up or, no, or nothing. No, no. We said we just, we're just, we're, well, I said we're stroking our own eagles right here. But So let's let the let the people listen to this. Exactly. Here we go. Movie Madhouse number one. Enjoy. What was that again? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm Mike from the Movie Madhouse. And here's my co-host, Rob. Well, if Mike doesn't say his last name. Well, that's all right, because Christina Grant just did our intro for us. Hey, it's Mike from the Movie Madhouse. Hey, that works nicely. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this is the first first episode of the, the Movie Madhouse. Uh, I'm Mike Lutz. I'm my Rob co-host, Bellamy. Yeah, our co-host. Rob Bellamy. There we go. Uh, we're sitting down today. We're going to talk with uh, Christina Grant. Garrett. I'm... I'm not sure how they say your last name. Garrett. Garrett. All right, there we go. Okay, we're going to sit down and talk to Christina about um, the movie that she's currently shooting. Show shooting. Showing. Professionalism not going to be found here, <laughs> folks. Um, uh, a heart's journey. Uh, right now, uh, what we're going to like to do, we're going to run down the top five movies of the week. Right now, at, sitting at number one, we have The Man of Steel. It's made $117 million in its opening weekend. On an interesting note, the Avengers, because there's a lot of people are comparing the two. They're saying if Man of Steel does well against the Avengers, we're going to see a Justice League movie. 
I've heard that. As a comparison, the Avenger the Avengers opening weekend did two hundred and seven two hundred and seven million dollars. Let me do the math. That's less. That's not quite yeah. there. But yeah. it was close. It was a good effort by DC on their part. As you can tell, I'm a Marvel guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, number two, um, this is the end. This is the Seth Rogen vanity project, I guess you could call it. I did go see it. It was a funny movie. Yeah. I liked it. Um, it opened with a $33 million weekend. And I did check. They shot it for $32 million, So they're already... They're a million up. They're, they're up a mill. So they actually pulled it off. They have profit. Kind of... Uh, Opposite of what uh, After Earth did. Uh, yeah. That was a, a brutal, brutal... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, Now You See Me. They grossed $80 million. Uh, It's been out for three weeks. Uh, number four is Fast and Furious 6. They've grossed $219 million out for four weeks now. That's a bit more than Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, they have a month under their belt. Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, number five was The Purge. Uh, they've It's been out two weeks, and they've grossed $51 million. That's actually pretty good for that yeah. one. On a comparative note, if we're going to go comic book movie to comic book movie, Iron Man is still in the top ten, and it has grossed almost $400 million in <laughs> seven weeks in the theaters. And... I, I think Iron Man's whooping up on Superman right now. Yeah, Superman has a long way to go to catch yes. Iron Man. <laughs> I guess we know who's faster. Oh, so, so he was a uh, he was a valiant effort by the Kryptonian, but I I just I haven't seen it yet. I've heard mixed results or reviews about it. Iron Man three, uh, Superman, oh, Man okay. of Steel. Uh, I'm going to wait until I see it before I can really pass judgment on it myself. I, this, critics hold no water. They said, like I said, critics are just frustrated artists, and I'll just uh, wait reserve judgment. It. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's been many times the critics have said, stay away from a movie that I've watched and I actually liked. Yeah. So. Well, you, said, you, you, you can't believe personal taste on this. Except this show. Except this show. This show is awesome. <laughs> Another awesome show uh, that's in current production right now is A Heart's Journey. It's written by... Uh, who was that guy? Oh, wait, me. Oh, you. Yes. You wrote that? Yes. Wow. Uh-huh. That explains a lot. It does. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, who we have here right now is the director. Say hi, Christina. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> said, you're going to have to forgive Christina. We woke her up. She, yes. was, she was working hard last night, and I said, I just came in and... Plunk my stuff down on the dining room table, and here we are. Yes. Surprise. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, Christine, could you just give me a, a, the the elevator pitch for A Heart's Journey? A uh, Heart's Journey is about a girl named Jessica who has to deal with a lot of life situations, and she uses dance and the support of her friends and family to get through a really tough time. Okay, excellent. Sounds like... Uh... I go see it. Who is it? Who is the the target demographic for this one? I think it's probably an anybody movie. It's one of those because it it, it has a bit of everything. It's got the drama. It's got, you know, it's a little bit of comedy. It's got dance. So, yeah, it kind of targets everybody. Excellent. Cool. So, tell, uh, tell us a little bit about the cast. 
Who's starring? Um, um, the main the main um, person is Nicole Taylor. She's playing Jessica, um, who is the lead. Uh, she has a lot of acting and a lot of dancing in this movie. Um, close by is Corey Chaney and Deborah Van Galen. Um, they're in not every scene like Nicole, but pretty close to it. And they're a, they're a good group. Excellent. Well, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with everybody so far in this cast, and it's a pretty tight-knit group that we're, that we're working with. Um, where did you draw your actors from? What area? Are they all local from Chatham-Kent? Um, everyone is from Chatham-Kent. There's a few dancers from Windsor. There's a couple actors from Windsor, too. Uh, James. Yep. Oh, yep. James. Um, he plays Luke. Luke, who is Troy's best friend. Troy is Jessica's brother in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan Farmer. Um, she plays Troy's ex-girlfriend, Victoria. She's from Windsor as well. Okay, so where it's a predominantly Canadian cast and crew. And all Canadian. All Canadian. <laughs> and so, yeah. pretty much um, from Chatham-Kent. Excellent. So there's a vast number of quality actors to draw from for other shoots. In... Yeah, um, we did auditions. Um we were actually supposed to film another movie that I wrote this summer, but things fell through. So we ended up doing this one. So we took a lot of the actors that we had auditioned um, for the other movie, Each Destiny, and cast them into Jessica's Journey. Now, the, the process of how do you switch gears from the movie that you were going to to the movie that you are currently shooting? Was there a, a big transition or was it a hard... Hard move? A lot of the locations that we were going to use for each Destiny um, ended up being okay, and we could use them for just a heart's journey. So it wasn't too bad that way. Yeah, she can tell what the working title was for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the working title was Jessica's Journey, but then there's another movie called Jessica's Journey, so we had to switch. So if I say Jessica's Journey, that's why, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was called for the longest time until we realized there was another movie. Um, but most of the locations, uh, we, we already kind of had established from each Destiny, so mm-hmm. it wasn't too hard to transition we had to find a few different things, like a dance school, because there was no no dancing in the other movie and stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. Technical talk. <laughs> Technical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, as a as the writer of the movie, how does it feel to see your thoughts that you put down being put into action? You're actually part of the action as well because you had several scenes that uh you're you're in as yes when i originally wrote it my my uh my uh goal was to have a cameo in each of the movies i had a cameo in the first one i was just gonna have a cameo in this one but unfortunately the character that i wrote for myself expanded quickly and now it's i'm like the fourth person time-wise on the screen (laughs) not what i had planned 
He's lying. He planned all along. <laughs> He's I'm, a camera hog. I'm making myself <laughs> stuck. Yes. Um, it's actually kind of cool to see it come to life like that. Uh, Christine and I have had many talks about the fact that this is director's vision, but I know what I thought when I was writing it, and to see her interpretation of it, which is sometimes isn't what I was thinking, but it's very cool to see other ideas on how a certain scene is, like, and how certain people act. Yeah. So it's taking taking your vision. Like, has it has there has there been something that Christine, as a director, has taken something you've written and like really diverged from your thoughts? Like, was there has there been any of those scenes? Nothing drastic like that. Like, the only real change that I noticed was just setup locations. Like when a, a scene is set up. I pictured it in my head and I wrote it. Well, now she's picturing it different and trying to set it up how she sees it. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not right. It's so, perfection. It's per- <laughs> No, it was perfection. No, it <laughs> now, is it's perfection it's altered now. perfection. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see other people's interpretations of those words. Yeah. You know, you realize exactly how much imagination goes into reading. Oh, absolutely. And now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Are you looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger better better sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50 percent off on selected items get the all-new terry d shearer's bloody hell t-shirt or non-members can pick up one of our ebooks for only 4.95 or go into the past and relive the 90s with mythworks comics classics for 3.99 the new MythMart: bigger better better visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash mythmart or find us on Facebook for extra savings.
Do you own a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra $10, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. The, um, now are you, what's next? I know we're still in the middle of shooting a heart's journey right now, but is there plans for something else uh, for, for GX3 media? Pre-production going on all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of pre-production going on. Um, we're in pre-production for Wilderness Adventures. Okay. Uh, What's that all? Talk a little bit about that Um, Wilderness Adventures is a script that Corinne wrote, and it's Corinne? Corinne Wood. She's um, an owner in JX3 Media Productions. Okay. I know that. They don't know that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the script is about a group of kids that go on a camping trip. They're short one liter, so one of the girls tricks her sister into going along as a junior leader. And the character is the stereotypical blonde, so it it's quite the adventure. And we have lots of ideas for other movies that we would like to do. We just have to actually physically have the scripts finished before we can start going right. into more pre-production. Are you taking script submissions? Do you are you actively looking for other scripts to look at? Or are you basically looking at in-house writers for other projects? Um, a bit of both. Uh, mostly um, we're working with scripts that we have written until we get started and have more of a budget to go and do other things. Yeah. So we're, you're looking at basically true independent film micro-budget movies right now. Mm-hmm. So that, that is... That's this is the, that's the fun part of the movie making and stuff like that is trying to get your vision out to everybody with the micro part. The micro part, yeah. So it'd be nice if we could all win the lottery. Yes, <laughs> we've had that discussion <laughs> many times. <laughs> but where you said, I just see uh, you just showed me the new trailer for. A Heart's Journey that's up on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell the people how to find that? Let's take a quick peek here. It's called HJ Promotional Video. You just search for HJ Promotional Video on YouTube? HJ. HJ. Heart's Journey. All right. Uh, And this is just an extended look from some of the footage that you've captured so far and talking to Rob and Christina about the production. So I... If you can, people, I would like, I would encourage you to go take a look at it and said send some support uh, to uh, JX3. Um, also, speaking of support, um, 
could you do you have any um if you wanted to pimp your facebook or how people can find you um um we are on facebook and twitter so you can look uh well specifically the movie isn't on twitter but jx3 media productions is and we talk about all of our movies and we post auditions and everything up there so you can search jx3 media productions on both facebook and twitter and we do have a facebook page for a hit a heart's journey so you can search for that as well um, we do have some awesome perks for anyone that does want to donate to a heart's journey. Um, some of the things that you can get are your name in the movie credits. You can get pictures of the cast and crew that are signed. You can get a copy of the DVD, a copy of the script. Um, all depending on how much you donate is what perks you are able to get. So if you are interested in helping us financially on a hard journey, please send me an email at christinajx3media at gmail.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-J-X-3-M-E-D-I-A at gmail.com and I can give you all the information of each of the perks and set everything out so that it's easily understood and you'll know exactly what you will get for each donation. And another thing that we're doing, <clears throat> and it's actually going to be part of the shoot, is July 7th we are actually having a fundraising dinner at Club Lentinas. And proceeds for that will go to All for Kids, which is a great thing because it helps... Um, Parents from low-income families to enroll their children in activities such as dance, um, painting lessons, music lessons, sports. So it's a really good cause. And $15 from each adult ticket and $7.50 from each child ticket um, goes to All for Kids. So they can get a hold of you at the same email at address? At the same email address. Okay, about the tickets for the club. Now, that is also... Uh, Part of the production schedule as well, right? Yes. Um, we will be filming that day. Uh, we do have tables that are will be seen on film and some that are not. So if you're really camera shy, you can still come out and help support us um, and help support All for Kids. Um, just let us know when you purchase your tickets if you want to be seen on TV or not. Um, just so you know, the people that will be seen on film, it's pretty much going to be the back of your head. Because we're going to be shooting the dancers and not so much the people in the crowd. So even if you do want to be seen in films, it's not going to be close-ups. It's pretty much going to be backs of heads. But we do need an audience to make it look a bit better. And the dancing is really awesome, so come check it out. For the, um, speaking of the people going to the, the Club Lentinas event, um, do you also need extras for any of the other production schedule shoots that you need? We do actually need extras for both June 22nd and June 23rd. June 22nd is at Blenheim Community Funeral <clears throat> Home. And call is 10 a.m. If you're interested in that, um, please, again, just give me an email to let me know you're coming so we know how many people to expect, and dress in attire that is appropriate for a funeral. And then um, once you get there, you will have to visit with Mr. Mike and sign a release form. That would be you. 
No, yes, we that would be <laughs> you. And on June 23rd, we are filming at a bar in Chatham called Jazba. It's a really awesome place to be, so you should come out and have a few drinks and have some fun. And that scene is for a birthday party, so you can wear whatever you would like to wear um, that you would wear if you were going out to a birthday party. The only thing um, there is we ask that no logos. Yes, no, no, visible, no logo. visible logos. Um, for June 22nd, any age is, is welcome. If you're under the age of 18, you must have a legal parent or guardian with you to sign the release form. And for June 23rd, because it is in a bar, 19 plus. Excellent. So, for the the, the, the wilderness journey, uh, can they contact you for extra work as well? or For wilderness adventures? Yes. Um, wilderness journey. For wilderness adventures, Corinne is looking for um, extras as well. So, you can email Wood at jx3mediaproductions.com. Okay. So, look for JX3 Media Productions on Facebook. I'll have all the contact information if you're looking for extra work. Um, also, another place that you can go to keep up to date with auditions for upcoming movies is our actual website, and it's www.jx3mediaproductions.com. That's right. <clears throat> now, the one thing we didn't mention about Club Lentinas, um, the tickets there are $50 a person, and like we said, the $15 goes to all for kids. The rest goes just to pay for the meal. Um, there will also be entertainment. We are going to have dancers there, and I, I'm, we're trying to get some bands, but it's not looking good. But we're trying for more entertainment, just for everyone to come and see. So we'll be having some entertainment. There is a great meal by Club Lentinas. Tony and Tina make amazing food. Well, this is... The Club Lentinas fundraiser is the perfect spin on the dinner in a movie uh date scenario, then this time you actually get to be part of the movie instead of passively sitting there and enjoying And you get to help the kids. Absolutely. The focus is on helping the uh, the local the local kids. Absolutely. I know. Awesome. I'm a cub leader and we have tons of kids come through that go through all for kids. So it's a it's an excellent program. Alright. <clears throat> so is there anything else you'd like to pimp or push or <laughs> Get shill or have the people know about. Just check out A Heart's Journey and help us by being an extra or donating. Um, anything you can do to help is greatly appreciated. We need to get our movie out there. All right. Well, thank you very much, Christina. Um, I think we're going to cut it right about here. We're, uh, this is our our. Premiere episode, so we're still kind of finding our legs. I, I we're got some ideas on the on the go, and said we'll try different things. Uh, hopefully, in the future episodes, I can get more interviews with uh, different members of the cast and crew of A Heart's Journey. Um, other members of JX3 Media come in and talk to us about what they have going on. So, for right now, I guess we're going to sign off. So, for Mike Lutz and Rob Dalby, this has been the Movie Madhouse. Thank you. See ya. And that was a rough one, folks. <sighs> Did I really sound that good back then? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had to try something. Well, there. you know. I said, we, uh, uh, that's kind of like us banging rocks together at the, in the Stone Age. <laughs> it is. It was. Like I said, it, it, we've, as 
I don't know. We've smoothed some of the rough edges out a little bit up until this point in time, but I said it, it's it's humbling to take a look back and see the shit that we put in <laughs> the first couple episodes, and then said try and it's it's an evolution. Oh yeah, and I think we're we're evolving nicely. Yeah, because even then you can hear the echo of the room because it's the internal mic on the computer. <laughs> I, I said we hopefully won't go back to that. Oh good lord! <laughs> <laughs> Some EMP may knock us back. Yeah, oh, we can only hope. I'm back to banging rocks. Yeah. Alrighty. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for another flashback Friday, and uh, we will see you next Friday with a whole new list of cool shows. Yeah, we're going to do our third show, all second episodes. I think that's a great idea. Nah, it's not a bad idea. No, not nah. a bad idea? No, bad idea. Bad idea. We should Sorry. do fifth episodes on the third show. Well, we could do we could do fourth, fifth, and sixth episodes on our third show on the seventh day of the eighth month. Wow. Yeah. That's too much math. I know. Let's, let's end this nonsense. <laughs> okay, we'll see you later. I'm Rob. I'm Mike. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.